Welcome to another episode of Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. I got this, baby. You got it. I got it's, it. So it's we're not done? even exciting anymore. No. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten it right every every episode we've done today. I've gotten it right. Yeah. Yeah. Stuart. This is the junk. final episode of Stuart Huff's Obsessive <laughs> Curiosities. Stuart's junk. Stuart's junk. Huff stuff. Up stuff. I want yeah. Stewart's junk T-shirt. That's I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. It's done. It it's you've got one. It's in the mail. Okay, it's happening. All right. Um, okay. Well, let's just say this. Um, we've got three comedians, and in I want the it room. to be anatomically correct. I want it to be. You know what I mean. You want it to be a tank top? No. <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying? You want a midriff tank top? <laughs> I don't. I don't sell handkerchiefs. <laughs> Objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. <laughs> yeah. Right. And why are you putting that object in this mirror? <laughs> it's it's actually great that we're starting with the wiener jokes. Yeah, this sure. Episode. This is seriously, this is perfect. We're we're gonna talk this is three comedians in the room. We have Peter John Burns. Hello. There he is. We have Danny Bevins. Hello. And uh, I the minute I I saw Danny a long time before I saw Peter, but I, the minute the first time I ever saw Danny do comedy, I was hooked right then and there. Hooked, you know. Uh, I didn't know we were going to be friends, but I was a fan of you from the first time I saw you, and I felt the same way about Peter. The first time I saw Peter, I told just to you last night, Danny. Yeah. He, he's in Bloomington, Indiana. This is left wing central for the Midwest. Bloomington sure. for the Midwest. Yeah. Right. This is where if you know if you're a lefty. In the Midwest, and you can't afford to go to San Francisco, Chicago, New York. <laughs> you go to Bloomington, right? That's where you go. You and know? it's a lefty room in a lefty town. It's a right? lefty room in a lefty town. Right. And Peter John Burns goes up and does a nineteen-minute-long bit. <laughs> it's a, just six. It's six-minute-long mm-hmm. bit about how much he loves to eat meat and how much he finds some restaurant where you shoot your own, or they shoot the kill, and yeah, they, oh. they were serving me antelope, and I was very happy about it. Antelope. <laughs> He's happy about eating antelope. And they're in there, oh my God. I know. You're there's, killing. There's 80 people in the room. 62 of them are vegetarians. <laughs> you know? And the other ones are very sympathetic <laughs> meat eaters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you right, know? yeah. Tofu is a regular, yeah. they consider that a meat, you know? All right. So my point is, I have great respect for both of my guests as comedians as well as people. So, have you ever known anybody to really do it? To be a vegetarian for any length of time. Uh, my wife. She is like vegan. No, she's not vegan. But uh, see, that's I don't. Then I don't get it. What does that mean? If you're vegetarian, mm-hmm. but you're not. It means vegan. you can still do eggs and cheese. Right. So my wife doesn't do cheese. If you're eating somebody's kids, why not just fucking go on? I mean, I don't get it. Right. Like you know. Well, I mean, you know. Uh, I know what you're gonna say, Danny. They're not a kid yet. No, that's not what I'm going to say at all. That's not what I'm going to say at all. I was trying to decide between one or two things. I'm not going to. I'm not going to try to uh, get an argument or a discussion with you <laughs> about my wife's eating preferences right now, know, while she's listening to this podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, I Set am a up. straight out idiot. <laughs> I will not deny that, but I'm not a moron. <laughs> <All right. laughs> If I was 36, I would have dove right into right, that argument yeah, with like, you, yeah. and then my wife would be listening to this in the car, and I'd be like, we need to fast forward. Can we fast forward? <laughs> Is the- it out of uh, out of um, a love for animals? Like, Steve Reynolds is my friend. Yeah. And he's- Great guy, uh, Yeah, vegetarian, and he, and it's, he just has this incredible 
love of animals. Yeah. So that's the reason why he's. Not I think with it. my wife, and I'm answering for her, but I think uh, for my wife, it's two things. It's it's a complete love of animals. Yes, it's definitely in there. It's also health. She's a very healthy person. She's, right. she's a jogger. She's ran in marathons. You know, she's you know she watches what, and she's not a vegetarian that eats a whole bunch of junk. You right. Know? You can be you can be an obese vegetarian. That's yes. She's not eating all this crap. You know. She's. A lot of, lot of like real vegetables, a lot of Brussels sprouts, a lot of broccoli, a lot of, you know, that kind of thing, you know. All right. So what I want to talk about on this episode is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the discussion about comedians. So if you're not into that, skip to the next episode. Uh, so let's just. Um, <laughs> the sales acumen of Stuart Huff. Yeah. I mean, hey. I respect my listeners, you know. Right, I know no. some people don't want to yeah. dive deep into the comedy discussion, no, you know. I'm with you. I'm with you. So, There's... you know, out of respect for your your listening and you're not really into comedy, hit skip. You right. know, hit stop and unsubscribe, whatever. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know what, you know. I don't know your yeah, life. I'm pretty I, sure Ross doesn't want you saying that part right well, there. you know, he's <laughs> probably eating some, he's probably eating a, a huge wolf leg right now. <laughs> he probably heard us, he heard us talking. He reminded him that he had a slab of beef he needed to eat. Um, uh, traditionally. Okay, especially we're all around the same age in this room. Okay, we're not we're not twenty year olds that have been doing comedy for a year and a half. All right, so especially our generation, the three greatest comics, Pryor, Bruce, Carlin. That is traditionally the argument. That is the father, son, and Holy Ghost of yeah. Would you agree, Danny? Yeah. What do they call that? The Maripois. Mise en place. Mm -hmm. I don't don't know that word. No, no, no. It's the Maripois, right? M I R E P R I X. You've been watching Chopped again, haven't you? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't it, know that word. It's like um, celery, onions, and, you know, it's the, it's the oh, trinity. The trinity. Celery, like, onions, and carrots. Carrots, this yeah. Is a that's, food, what starts, that's a food, foodie word? Well, yeah. It's the beginning of the base of anything, right? So yeah. that's the three. It's You're going to make a broth. That's gotcha. the three things you throw in. Okay. Yeah. So it's Bruce and Carlin and Pryor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Would you add anybody to that list? Would you? If you well, if, I've been doing a, you know, we, we talked about. It. I've been doing a podcast, and we're trying to go back as far as we can and see, you know. And there's a lot of like, it's weird, you know. Mom's Mabley is bigger than you think. Oh, she, she was huge. huge. Yeah, I mean, she didn't write anything, but she was but, huge. But yeah, but she's connected to all of these people, and yeah, and, and she had and, albums, and, and she's the reason. And uh, you know, I I don't know. There's a and there's been there's been people that have have yelled at me for the longest time about, you know, there were other guys except for Lenny Bruce, and I was like, yeah, well, there were other guys except for Dylan too, but we know Bob, you know, right, what right, I mean? right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean, he's right. the guy. And, and in the words of Dave Von Ronk, who I'm a fan of, and and I was talking to Danny about it outside at 4 a.m. Uh, you know, Dave Von Ronk and Dylan. Dylan stole some stuff from Dave Von Ronk and all this, but Dave Von Ronk said. Exactly what you said. He said people people are like, why should why wasn't it me? Why was it Bob Dylan? Why did he explode? Why wasn't it me? And he says in the book, it was a great book, uh, Mayor McDougal Street. He said, you you go and write a hard rain's going to fall for the first time, right? You know, we can all write it now that it's already been written. Right. You can write a version of it. You can write something similar. He wrote it for the first time. Right. You know. Yeah. Just give, just stating it clearly, you know. And people that say, "Well, there were other people besides Lenny," just okay, bring them. 
Yeah. Right. Bring the names. No, but I, I've, I, I've been recently delving, I think, kind of like you have, Danny, yeah. into earlier stuff, right? And right. There's like a uh, – there was a truism when I was in graduate school when people would come to like, you know, go get a PhD in English Lit. And it's like, right, you think you're going to write about Dickens. And right. then everybody ends up writing about the guys that Dickens liked. Right. Because yeah. you eventually like, yeah, I, I, here's the guy I like, but – who did he come from? And that's the part that eventually becomes more intellectually inter- interesting. So mm-hmm. I've been buying a lot of old, you know, going through the bargain bins, and it's like, right, Shelley Berman, you know, right. it was a thing. And there was, I think the, the big delineation is that Bruce, and then later Carlin and Pryor, I mean, Carlin and Pryor come up sure. more or less at the same time, and Bruce was a little earlier. Mm-hmm. But that's the line when comedy became personal right yeah right and before that you've got bob newhart who's hysterically funny but i love bob newhart right but you never learn a single thing about bob newhart listening to a bob newhart album not really you learn he was an accountant maybe at yeah 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 but he's not telling you about like this is this thing that happened to me or here's how i personally feel you know it's a sketch and shelly berman is doing a sketch and Mm -hmm. you know slappy white is you know doing there's no doubt about it that's that's the point of it becomes about me, and it becomes my story kind right. of thing. Yeah, there's yeah. no right. doubt about that. And, and, he... and it's perfectly valid to say that there are other modes of doing it. Right. But that's the mode that has continued to this day. Okay. We're yeah. still living in that era. Yeah, right. I, that's well put. I think there was a road before Lenny, obviously. Yeah. And then Lenny chopped a detour in it, and everybody went down to that detour. Absolutely. You know? I mean, there's very few. And both Pryor and Carlin could, it, oh. admit it. Yeah. You know, Carlin's favorite comedian was Danny Kay. Right. And he wanted to, to, Danny Danny K. K. He wanted to be Danny Kay. And see if you can fucking <laughs> trace that thread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Carlin wanted to be an actor. That's the, tr- that's yes, the, that's that's the real he irony. Wanted, yeah. He wanted to be a movie star yeah. and he sucked at it. Yeah, he was he really was good horrible. at this other thing. Yeah. He was horrible. Yeah. As an actor, Carlin was horrible. Yeah. He's really not even, you know, mm. people say, what about Prince of Tides? And I go, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess. Was, uh, Prince know? of Tides, he was better in that. Uh, maybe yeah. that was his, you know, that's the best acting he's ever going to do. Still not great. The one that know? he's the best in, his best acting role. I know what you're going to say. Is Thank the you. Ben Affleck fucking movie. Jer- Jersey Girl. I was yeah, going to say yeah. that. Yeah, he's and, good in that. Yeah. And everybody hated that fucking movie. Right. Well, <laughs> for, not, for reasons not having to do with George Carlin. Exactly. George but, is the only yeah, reason I watch right, it. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. George is actually affecting and honest and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a great he performance in yeah. a shit movie. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I'll go ahead and kick this off. Uh, in my opinion, uh Carlin was the best comedian that that ever lived. Uh I think Bruce was around in a different time, so it was it's really it's like comparing Tyson you know, to someone from the 1920s. I mean, it's a different game now. Bruce invented the game. I think Bruce, there was no one before Lenny that did that, you know. And then Carlin upped it. Right. And I think Hicks would have been the greatest comedian that ever lived. Died at 32. Yeah. Carlin died at 78 or something like that. Doesn't have a big enough. What, what Hicks did in that period... You got your young, angry Hicks that's just yeah. screaming and yelling, and, yeah. you know. And if you're his age and his political point of view, it's hilarious. But when you get a little bit older, you're like, I don't think you need 15 minutes of yelling about Tiffany. 
No, you know, I know, I, mean, you, I know. You, you need to go back and find yeah. out. The Rick the Astley real. thing can go. Yeah, that that can go. This can. Yeah. But as he got, I mean, he was a kid when he did that. I mean, he, yeah. And then as he got older, he z- he narrowed in on the target, and he really he really learned how to pick a victim and attack. You know, he had those moments though, even as a kid, where he when he said, uh, you know, the kids would say, "My daddy can." kick your daddy's ass <laughs> and i would say when <laughs> <laughs> right right when, so you could you, see you could yeah, see it you could see it coming yeah you could see it coming a, yeah and then, yeah you know yeah I, I mean i it's tough to know the hypothetical i'm less convinced that hicks would have become the, the best okay. he, even to the it's end it's a guesswork you know? yeah it's he, guesswork we, 32 but, i mean that's right right and it, all of us have sailed past that you know a decade plus yeah you know what I mean? Oh, uh, no, no doubt about it. Yeah. But right. there's guys that, you know, go, I, go ahead. I don't want to step yeah. on my well, No, I, I, all I was just going to say is even even later Hicks, he still seems bitter, bitterly resentful that, like, people enjoy John Davidson. It was, it was, it was, there was yeah. an internal right. showbiz right. element to it. I like that, that you picked John Davidson. Yeah. Well, he, he did. Oh, I know. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, because, Let's be honest. I mean, he attacked Leno, Carrot Top, John. You, right. know, you picked John Davidson over Leno, and you know, I mean, he was a, yeah. even still at, at thirty. Yeah, he would go off massive rants about Leno, and I used to be funny, and he's got blood squirting from him. Yeah. It's oh, a great rant. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know that it was, and I agree that it's probably it's probably not necessary. But you take, I forget which is the. I think it's relentless, where he begins with um, pornography, mm-hmm. but he starts. He be- begins the whole thing with, "I don't think I can be a Supreme Court justice," and then he goes into that speech about pornography, mm-hmm. and you- you're deep enough into it, and then he goes, "I don't think you can. You're going to be a." Judge on the Supreme Court, son. Did you ever think about becoming a senator? Come on over here, boy. Come on. And that part is just, it's a work of fucking art right there. I mean, that's one of the, that was one that I would listen to and think to myself, I don't know that I could ever write anything like that. I don't mm-hmm. know that I could, I mean, probably now I can because, I've, you know, I've listened to him show me how to do it, but. It's the Bob Dylan know. element. It's the yeah, Bob Dylan yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. He wrote A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall. Right. And now you, yeah, we could, but, but also, there's so you many know. people that have come since him that I don't know. And again, I fight with you on Carlin and well, let's do it prior because Carlin is, I think Carlin is technically the greatest comic. I, I would agree. Technically, I, that's my that's I'm putting my I'm but putting I my laughed 20 bucks harder at prior. Well, that's I another thing I want to talk about. Let's ju- let's jump into this. Okay. Okay. Let me say this first, because in case I forget it, here's my assessment. And please go tell ahead. me, tell me go where ahead. I'm wrong, Peter. Oh, I think I've heard this one before, and I agree. But go okay. ahead. Carlin is a technician. And yeah. There was nobody better. The man could write a fart joke that was incredibly beautiful. You know, he could write he could write a huge bit about death and the grave, and it's dark. Just and then he had anger. He had a lot of tools in his bag. Yeah, very, very, very few comedians, and right now I can't even think of one that had as many different styles available to his brain that he not only could kind of do, but he could excel at them. He could do one-liners, observational humor, all this. What Carlin missed was vulnerability. Yeah, he had none. He had none. Zero. Yeah. You were wrong. 
And he was right. Pryor exuded vulnerability. If you take the vulnerability away from Pryor, he's, he's a good comic. He's not a great comic. Yeah. Pryor walked up there with a brain and a heart yeah. and looked at you in the eye and said, I've messed up really bad. Right. Yeah. And, and you felt like he's human. Oh, yeah. You know? You went on the, you went on the ride with him, and you were... Yeah. And you, you felt his humanity. He connected with you. Yeah, yeah. Even Con- when he was telling you horrific things. Horrible, you know what horrible I mean? yeah. things. Yeah. You still wanted to hug him. Right. You know what I mean? If, he would, if, if Pryor would have come out on stage with a big, aggressive, arrogant kind of, you know, arms waving in the air, like you people don't know, and then told you, you wouldn't care, you know? Well, he'd be Dick Gregory. Do you, yeah. <laughs> do you remember how he came out, though? I mean, what, I, I remember, what is the, the uh, I can't remember the, the special right now, but there's one where he walks out, they didn't expect him, it's so quiet. Yeah, it's live in Sunset Strip. Uh, yes. Or no, it's is that one wanted, the, well, both of them are the same thing. He has no music. There's no music. There's no, right. there's no, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Richard Pryor, he just walks out there. Starts talking. And yeah, and they're like, what the fuck? And you could see people running for their seats and everything. Yeah, yeah. And I have always loved that. Yeah. I have... Whenever somebody says, what's your introduction? I'm like, you know, what you should do is just say, enjoy the rest of the show and walk off. And I should have to walk on like that. Because to me, that would be, because you're starting right from there. And he didn't, it's so fucking beautiful. And He didn't build up artificial energy. No. No. He he walked out on stage, you know, and just started talking. Look at this. Look at You know, and and before you knew it, you know, it, it, it that's kind of an awkward introduction, right? That's kind of an awkward, but before you knew it, it's smooth and you're right in that tail. You're right in, you know, I smoked so much crack, set myself on fire and, you yeah. know, all. Yeah. And he's going through this, an emotional, oh my God. When, whenever Pryor talked about pets, oh, you, yeah, it, yeah. It's like he was about to cry. And he made them talk in a voice that you fucking believed completely. He humanized yeah. monkeys. Are yeah. you kidding? Yeah. And he, that dog that wanted the, to eat the monkey. The dog that wanted to eat the monkeys. Hey, how you doing, Richard? I've always thought if you the could combine dog. Carlin and Pryor, if you yeah. could put them together, oh. unbeatable. You would yeah. not be able, there's not a human being alive that could top the brain of Carlin and the vulnerability of Pryor. And the story of Pryor, too. This, yeah. You had to have... You had to have the vulnerability, and you had to have the story. Yeah, well, but Car- it, Carlin really didn't do characters, right? I mean, he, you know, he did he, sounds. He, he, did, he did voices. Yeah, he, he did, did voices. And you sounds. know, there's a cop. Yeah, and, uh, Carlin would do a, a New Jersey. Yeah, you know that, he, that yeah, New York he, Bronx. He'd he would do, do a, a sketch or something like that. Something, but, but not much. But yeah, when Pryor would tell a story, he would be like himself, the operator on the other end of the phone, the heart that was attacking him. Right. You know, I mean, he yeah. everything. Right. Became a character. Everything yeah. got a different. You know, he was like it was like a one man acting show where he played all the characters. Yeah, and Carlin would, even if he's doing an accent, it's you know it's filtered through Carlin. It's always him. Always he's Carlin. not. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever hear you and Steve ought to do this bit? Uh, prior, there's a bit. I think it's called the Richard Pryor Collection. Okay, yep. so it's two discs, and there there's a. It's interesting. There's a. He, they they present a couple of different bits of his. Uh, the same bit, but recorded on different nights. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you got to get this CD, yeah. the Richard Pryor collection. I, anyway, um, you, you know the bit where he plays the homeless junkie that comes up to the alcoholic. 
Do you oh, know this yeah. Bet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the alcoholic is so superior yeah. to the right, donkey, right? <laughs> right? There's... Better yeah, slow down. This yeah, yeah, ain't no yeah. residential district. It's a neighborhood. This ain't a residential district. God, I yeah, love that. Yeah, it cracks yeah. me up. There's two cuts on that Richard Pryor collection, and one of them of that bit, two cuts, two different recordings, and one of them, I mean, if you're if you're able to cry at a recording, this one will bring you to it. It'll bring you right to that because he, you can feel the heartbeat of prior through the recording and he cuts some of the jokes to it too. And then he leaves the state. He doesn't hit a punch and go. Yeah. He closed on it and he hit an emotional boom. And I learned that from him, you know, yeah. that kind of tightrope walking. Right. That, uh, it gives you chills, you know, doing right. that. Yeah. And that one recording of prior where he just, he, there's so much heart. He's playing the junkie and you care about this junkie. Mm-hmm. You care about him. Because it's prior telling us about him, you know. I don't. You better tell me some of those lies. I need to, because I don't need to hear the truth. It make me cry. I need some more of those lies. And then he walks off stage. It's like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no doubt that he was ballsy as, as all get out. I mean, they, they both had that. Yeah. They both. They were both yeah, but- seekers searching for something. Uh-huh. And if you wanted to come along, then come on. If you don't, I'm still going to. That's another thing I want to tell. There's so much I want to talk about these guys. You yeah. know? It's like I was a kid. I was 15. Okay. I had seen Van Halen. Right. Okay. okay. There we go. I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I go to see Van Halen. Oh, had a blast. Me and my buddy Tommy, first concert, <laughs> right? It's Van Halen. There were so many lights. I mean, lights are spinning, right? Tommy Lee's drum set rose up in yeah. a cage oh, yeah. and started spinning. At one point, Ed Van Halen is running in the rafters playing guitar. Oh, it was, it was just a party, is all it was, right? Same age, 15. Uh, saw Steve Ray Vaughan. Walks out there with a guitar. You guys ready? Man barely moved. I mean, there you could have drawn a circle like a hula hoop around him, and he didn't move out of there. And he projected more energy and more heart and more raw talent and emotion from standing in that little circle than Eddie Van Halen did running around the rafters. I had a blast watching Eddie Van Halen. It's a fun night. Right. Yeah. Steve Ray Vaughan taught me what art is. Yeah. Because Steve Ray Vaughan would have been in that theater in Knoxville, Tennessee, that's where I saw him. But if he wouldn't have made it to that level as a famous guitarist, he'd still be in a bar doing the same thing. He didn't care. We, that's the the way you felt when you watched him. Yeah. He's here to play the guitar. Right? There's wing. an authenticity to it. Yes. Yeah. Little yeah. Wing, he makes that guitar talk, and the and the guitar is crying, it feels like to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's where you just go, wow, it, it, the guitar has a story. And he's right. he's letting it tell that fucking story. Yeah, and that's all it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, the guys that can do that. That of I look at Pryor, I look at Carlin, I look, I see the same thing in them. Right, because I see people that, yeah, Carlin, you know, made a lot of money. So did Pryor, you know. But I get, I get, I get the feeling that let me say it this way: they were connected to the art much more than you know just yeah i'm here to get all the money well they both also rather famously had a had a break 
now yes. we would look at it as relatively early in their careers, but I bet it didn't look that way then. No, 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 no. no. Where yeah. they they were both doing very well the, yeah. to to an extent that all of us, you know, would not only envy but perhaps hurt a family member not permanently but you know <laughs> something Maybe that was a nephew co- or a cousin something not like immediate that. family yeah. to get none of us have ever reached that level that Carlin was at and Pryor were at when That's they correct. when they they decided this isn't me yeah it's not me both of them in Vegas yeah yeah isn't that weird yeah the place where anybody with a soul would go, what am I doing? Yeah, and then and they did, and that's what they happened. did, and they both like threw away their axe and rebuilt from frickin' scratch. Which you don't do that unless you have searching, unless you have a love, unless you you know what I mean. You got your soul in it. I think I think more with Pryor, where it's a complete breakdown. I think you see Carla, in yes, Carlin yes. the early signs of that, where. He evolved into that, and there um, were... But he went back to coffee houses. I mean, like, he, you know... No, no, no doubt about that. But I think that was more of him... He had to walk away from certain things that he was known for, and the only way he could do that was to go through that period. But it wasn't that his writing hadn't evolved to that, because it had. He was edging towards it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And had, yeah, yeah, the winos. I mean, he was kind of dabbling a little into. Well, he does the right. one on, I, and I didn't even know this. I found this on YouTube. There was a uh, Jimmy Dean. I just always thought this was some sausage guy. The yeah, Jimmy you know, Dean no, show. Jimmy Dean show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the show. show. Yeah. And Carlin is on that show and does uh, the bit about, you know, you never we never see the Indians. Right, get right, ready. right, right, yeah, yeah. And it's so, uh, um, the Indian sergeant. Indian yeah. sergeant. And it is yeah. fucking brilliant. And it is mm-hmm. what Carlin's going to be later. There, mm-hmm. it's already there. It, there's 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 pieces of rice in there. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of vision. That right. he's, but but it's not. But I would say it's not anti-authoritarian. That's what I was going. It's not it's, full blown. Right. But it's a hint. It, yeah, there's there's politics in it, but you got to dig. You got to dig. And and but it's, it's also but it's there. And I'd also say it's also impersonal. I mean, you know, I was saying, you know, it's funny. I said Carlin doesn't do characters. I'm like, well, he used to, yeah, like early, and that's what yeah. he threw hippie, away. Hippie weatherman. Yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah, had Al yeah. Sleet, and he had you yeah. know doing wonderful wino, and he did the Indian Sergeant, and those were all like kind of Newhart esque pieces. That's a set piece for for television. Right. That's a four minute bit. That where I'm going to play an Indian sergeant, and that's the part that he mostly. I mean, he still did wonderful wino on FM and AM, but he mostly threw away to be. I'm just going to talk to you, right? Mm-hmm. And that was the part that was new. Really, was that you know, and you Brand, had guys yeah. like Mort Saul, and you had guys you know, but he really said, "Yeah, I'm not going to hide behind characters anymore. I'm just going to tell you what I think, yeah. and you know, grow my hair long and very." Consciously, I identify with the the generation that's actually not mine. Yeah, he yeah, was, they were ten, he was older he was, than yeah, he was yeah, ten he's about years ten years older. older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he embraced you know, it all. Yes, and, and he then, felt like it was more him. Right, and he's done hiding behind this suit. Yeah, yeah. The right? suit, the skinny tie, and you know, yeah. I get to do occasional, you know, sitcom 
guest starring appearances mm-hmm. and, you know, and sets on the, the Tonight choice, Show. The choices made was, you know, you go back to Lenny and Lenny would have uh, hipster slang words uh, to kind of let you know what was really going on. Right. He, Lenny wasn't going to he, he didn't flat out go. So I was shooting heroin. You know, he didn't right. he didn't say that, but he would he, he would he would say, hey, preacher, what are you smacking it up? You know, and, and people that knew it, knew the language, knew the hip, then they would get it and everybody else wouldn't. Carlin then came out and just started talking about smoking dope. Right. Yeah. He started talking. Here's the seven words you're not allowed to say on seven, on oh. television. Here they are. And I'm, and I'm going to say them. Right. Lenny got arrested because he, he said some of them. I'm going to say them. Come get me. You know? Yeah. Now let's. We've been talking about uh, Pryor and Carlin, and now we're gonna we're gonna just we're just gonna put some stuff on the table here. Some junk that I found. Let's. We'll start. We'll start with now. Here is uh, Bill Graham presents in concert Lenny Bruce, and in dance the Mothers, as in Frank Zappa and the Mothers. You oh imagine, wow! You imagine that show. No. Frank Zappa and Lenny Bruce. Wow. Admission is two dollars and fifty cents. Two fifty get you in to see Lenny. Where is it? Uh, Fillmore Auditorium. Okay, so th- yeah. that's not the one they recorded, right? I don't think the album came out of this one, but no. I have that one too. Yeah, but okay. yeah, this yeah. isn't the one. Yeah, this is, and this is interesting to me. You could buy city, you could buy tickets at City Lights Bookshop. You know? Oh wow! Isn't yeah. that neat? You yeah. go to City Lights, run into Allen Ginsberg. Buy a Lenny Bruce ticket. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Do you have a year on that? What kind yeah, of... Yeah. Uh, is there a year on this? They didn't think to do that, I'm right? not sure. Here, Probably I'm going to pass this to Peter. Like, okay. Uh, Taking a look. He's... Yeah, Peter wants to... Oh, and I've seen that. I don't God, think they... Do you have that up in your house? That's That one's on my wall. A couple of these are on my wall. Yeah. Yeah, I would have yeah. that at my on my wall. Yeah, a couple of these are on on my wall. Peter's looking at that one. Let me show Danny this one. Um, this is the one. Oh crap! This one's on my wall too. This is the one you just mentioned. This is Lenny Bruce. It's an original poster, Lenny Bruce at the Berkeley Community Theater. That's right. That's where it was. This is the recording. Yeah, uh-huh. I think it's real interesting. This one says concert in comedy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. This is, I don't know, what would you say? Two feet, two and a half feet yeah. long there, something like that. So the Lenny Bruce poster is from 1966. Wow, that's so good. 1966. That's so good. So, the one I, at the Fillmore is 66. And just to, to give you a sense of it, it's so it's 250 To uh, get in, the price is yeah, 250 to get in. In today's money, with my little inflation calculator okay. I have on my phone. This is interesting. Uh, $19.14. Huh. Which is still an incredibly cheap ticket. That's a cheap ticket for twenty was, bucks to go see Lenny Bruce. He was in, famous at that point. Yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. He was famous. I mean, Chris famous. Rock is great, but he costs more than twenty bucks. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Right now, Lenny Bruce it, is famous, but also Lenny Bruce at this point, nineteen sixty six. We are in the yeah. Uh, we're on the downside. We're, we're on the we're in we're the, on the downside, but the, we're not the final days. Yeah. But we're not way down. He's still doing material that he's not reading from his transcripts at that point. But he's getting close to it. Yeah, he's you know they're burning him. This one, the tickets are two fifty, three twenty five, and four dollars. And you can also get them at the City Lights Bookshop in San Francisco to go to the Berkeley Community Theater and. I don't know when this is, but December 12th. December 12th. Look that up here. You got your phone up. Yeah, hang on. Berkeley 
show, Lenny Bruce, Berkeley Community Theater. And I'd also say, not to be contrarian, uh-huh. uh, but uh, this is June 24th, 25th of 1966. Mm-hmm. He's dead August 3rd. So he's definitely reading his transcripts at this point. Oh, you? Oh, wow. Okay. This yeah. is two months I before had no he dies. Idea. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was a 66. year before. Six. He no. He's. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, is six weeks before. 20, he... Twenty days before I'm born. Wow. Yeah. So there, that's where the rumors from uh, reincarnation come from. Uh, come on. Right? Yeah. I wish. Look at that. That's beautiful. I am a huge Lenny fan. So I, am I. I argue. I will argue, so especially young comedians right now, I hear so much. Well, he's not funny. He's not funny. And I won't let them leave until I convince them otherwise. I mean, you you can't tell me he's not funny. That's an untrue statement. But comedy is subjective. I think he's funny. It's subjective, but it's not subjective that whether or not Lenny Bruce is funny. I, I don't care. I mean, I know what you're saying. I know that that sounds like a contradiction, but it's not. Um, you know what I mean? There's too many people who understand comedy that know that he was funny He's for funny. you to be able to say anything else. And I have bits that can prove it. Me too. And, you know, and if you're a comedian and you're saying Lenny Bruce is not funny, then I question that you're a comedian. I will. Because, Let me throw this in there. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I thought you were going to go. Well, ahead. because because you haven't done any of the work to know. It's exactly what I was going to say, from. Danny. You know yeah. what I mean, and that's, and that's unfortunate, and and that's going to, that's going to, uh, it's going to show out in what you do, mm-hmm. because you're going to be limited by yeah. your ability to, uh, to open yourself up. You know what I mean, and um, mm-hmm. you know I don't. Sorry, as the fact checker on this episode, Lenny Bruce in Berkeley. That's December of '65. So he's okay. dead in less than a year. Less than a year. After this Berkeley okay. concert. Yeah maybe, yeah, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Because Berkeley, I have the album of. And right. he's not talking in transcript. I mean, there's some solid bits on Berkeley. Yeah, but he was he was there to do it for a thing. There was something about it. And that's why he was doing his old stuff. And if you re- realize that there's none of those are, are um, on that album. If you have the CD, none of them are tabbed out like what do, you, what do you call it when they from each bit oh, tracked tracked out yeah, yeah, yeah none of them are tracked out yeah. and it's because he's all over the fucking place. he's all over the place and half of the recordings out there he's all over the it's place. still unfucking believable oh. that's it's when he does still, the linda oh he, he the einstein jokes i think this is the first recording of the einstein at, the, at the berkeley album i think so maybe yeah it's the first one i know of um where uh, he's talking about Lyndon Johnson, he goes, it's "Lyndon Johnson's wife." And he's yeah. like, "She, uh, she looks at home in a trailer." She, it's <laughs> like, "What?" And he goes, "You know that Southern accent? I know, I know, I know it's judgmental, but God, I mean, come on! I mean, they just died. Anytime I talk to a guy, and he's like, "Yeah, what's going?" I'm like, "Ah, I gotta, I need to go, I need to go." You know, I just, I, and then he says, uh, "If Albert Einstein was from the South, we we wouldn't have the theory of relativity, right?" <laughs> Albert Einstein would be like, hey, you, I have a theory. Get away, shit kicker. Get away. He's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I think yeah. the, the, how put it, the revisionist rap on Lenny Bruce is largely because he got valorized for the wrong things, meaning that, you know, and, he, you know, how about mm-hmm. the dog is not responsible for his fleas, but there were a lot of people 
you know, certainly, you know, when I was growing up that were celebrating Lenny Bruce because he got arrested. Sure. And then, and then, yeah. And then especially like the really late stuff. And it's like live at the Koran theater. I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's a freaking mess. Yeah. And it's like, right, right. But that, you know, you got, it's like, uh, you know, to some extent, it's like people that like really love Charles Bukowski because he drank a lot. It's like, right, that's not. That's not the right reason to like him. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's not yeah. the reason I like him. Yeah. And I would say this to any young comics that are listening and you've, and you've given Lenny a shot. You know, you've put on a, you, you put, put on, on an a, early a, album, a recording and listened and thought he's not funny. Do, do one thing for me. All I ask is one thing. Okay. Do a little bit of research. You've got a phone. You've got a laptop. If, if you're listening to, to Lenny do a bit and you say, I don't know who that name is that he just dropped, press pause. Google it. Learn who this is. Find out how the joke is funny for 1962, you know? Yeah. If, he, if he says a Yiddish word that you don't know, don't just skip it. Google that Yiddish word. Why does mm-hmm. he have that in there? Let me put it to you this way. You know, Bill Hicks did a bit about Waco, Texas and the, the Branch Davidian stuff. All right. You fast forward 50 years. You think anybody's going to think that's funny? Anybody that thinks that Branch Davidian bit is funny, they're going to have to Google what it was. Right. No one's going to know. Right. Well, we, yeah. Well, the, and that's uh, the problem of what we do. We're going to be victims of our circumstance. Sure. And our circumstance is going to be the time period in which we live. Yeah. And that's, yeah. But, but I hear a lot, I don't want to interrupt you, Danny, but I hear a lot of young kids say to a lot of young comedians say to me, he's not funny. No, no, no. You, you, what you should be saying is, well, I don't understand his references. That's a totally different thing. Yeah. You're saying to me, right. if you say to me, Lenny isn't funny, then that means you have done the work and the research to learn what he's saying, and then you've judged it unfunny. I respect that. But if you haven't done that work, then you know I recommend you do because well, it's I, worth the I trip. I think the other to thing me. too is that you know these guys have been so stolen from that they seem less. They, shocking yeah, than not, they were. They it seem doesn't less seem powerful. original, and you want to go, well, guess what? That's the one that wrote it That's the and one did it. Right. You know what I mean? That's where <laughs> right. it all comes from. Right. Yeah. He wrote A Hard Rain's Going to Come before anybody else exactly. did. Exactly. Yeah. And and because um, he had so many bits, but one of them was the, the thing about the tattoo and his... Oh, his, God. You can't, be Jer- you can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery T- with a tattoo. tattoo. <laughs> he says, what are you talking about? I mean, they, they cut out this off. They put it in the Goyas and then put the rest of it in the thing. And I'm like, holy shit, I fucking love that. It's great. And there's, and there's it's But it's a part of another bit. Yeah. There's a bit. It's a bit inside of a bit. Yeah. You know, uh, read his book. Go to, you know. How to talk dirty and influence people. Yeah. Read, you know, listen to. Lima, Ohio. Oh my God! Go to uh, look. I, I listened to Lima recently because I was driving through it, and I went, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to yeah. that. It's just funny. Yeah, you know, it's just funny. The um, he did the the drunk, the white collar drunk. Everybody had did the. You know, he even says it right in the in the thing that he's doing the drunk, the the. Mm-hmm. But he did the the white collar. What, what are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Yeah. Who do you think you are? Yeah. You know, I, I, let me tell you something. It's, you don't know who I am. You know, I mean... Right, when I, at the time when, you know, the caricature was still Otis. And they and they were the buying public. Right, they're the ones in the audience. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's doing it to them 
this is you. This is, I'm mocking I mean, you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mocking their authority, mocking their system, and then the Palladium. You're a fucking comedian? The pla- and you're, you're going to tell me the Palladium. that that's not one of the best jokes. There are moments in that joke that every comedian who's ever done this for any period of time right. knows and feels. I, there's, time, there's moments in that joke when I feel like he's talking about me. Yes. When I'm like, if God, you're an, If you're it. an accountant and you've never been on stage doing comedy and you say, well, the Palladium is just not, I don't, it's not that funny. Okay, fine. You get a pass. <laughs> right. If you've been on stage and you listen to Palladium and say it's not funny, then I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm certainly not paying for dinner. You know, what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to tell the Waffle House waitress this is separate tabs. <laughs> just, let me, I'm going to, I'll tell you what, this is the joke. This is the Bruce joke that when some somebody says to me, Lenny's not funny, this is the one I hit him with. All right. It's, it's in a bit. Apparently, and I had to research this. I had to Google it, and I had to learn what the hell he was mocking. Okay, there used to be a show in L.A. Okay, and it was one of these midnight kind of. They're trying to sell cars, is what they're trying to do. Okay, but they would have a talent show to kind of try to draw you the you know the watcher in, the viewer in. So they'd have an adorable girl, you know, with the hula hoops or the the plates, a plate spinner or what have you, and then they would cut to a commercial with a car dealer, car salesman, okay. and apparently this guy that sold these vehicles on this show was hilarious. And Lenny was mocking him, you know, and he lived like, he lived outside of LA and like kind of a rougher kind of town, smaller town kind of, and he, well, well, welcome to fat. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, fat Joe's somebody. Hey, welcome to welcome to Fat Joe's used cars and automobiles. We bring on bring the kids down here. We got a lot of crap to play with. Bring them on down. And uh, we just finished our Jew punching contest. <laughs> and uh, just to show you we're, 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 that we're real Americans, we ain't shown one Charlie Chaplin film in three years down here. So come on, it's just D.W. Griffith specials all the time down here. And look, you might want to look at this little number right here. Now this is a nine vehicle right here okay this is a Volkswagen this is a this is one of them foreign thing I don't, this is one of them for it was used in the war in Germany just a little bit just a little bit to take people back and forth from the furnace <laughs> oh, the, the upholstery shot but the engine's nice <laughs> Now, look at this little beauty over here. This is a Mercury. This is a nice vehicle you might want to get for your wife or your girlfriend, whatever you got. It was used one time in a suicide pact. There's a little bit of lipstick around the exhaust pipe. But other than that, this baby's clean. I mean, how can... That's just funny, period. Right, yeah, yeah. You're telling me he's not funny there. Proof. Boom, it's funny. All right, let's... um, Go ahead. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull some more John Peter. I was just gonna say that you know it's one of those interesting things now versus then. You know, Lenny Bruce was lumped in with you know by the larger media as one of these quote unquote sick comedians, right? And, yeah. And it was a school that they invented, you know, in the media because yeah. the people they always mentioned were like Lenny Bruce, uh, Mort Saul, and I never Tom Lear. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Tom it's Lear. Like, and which, like those aren't. The, th- the, 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 the those aren't three of the same anything. No, like, right. no. which my belief is they you know they didn't arrest Lenny because he said cocksucker. That's not the reason they arrested him because Red Fox was around and he was nothing but sex. Jokes, right, right, right. You know there was a host of comedians in Vegas, late night, midnight shows in Vegas that were doing nothing but. but yeah, but that was that was not, you know. 
if white people wanted to go there, that was their right. thing that they could do. But they didn't, white people didn't, uh, you know, white people listen to Red Fox at home. Secretly. With friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. party you know, album. Party album, right? Yeah, that they, was, I just handed Peter a, a, a thing. It, it specifically advertises Lenny coming up as, quote, a sick comedian. Yeah. <laughs> In the paper. Yeah, you know, in all caps, by the way, sick comedian. This is right. cool, Danny. But I, I'm, I'm giving Danny something. Now, I've shown uh, Peter this before. This is uh, something I found in a junk shop. Uh, this is advertising Lenny's Lenny coming up on a matchbook. Some club must have bought matches, put his face on them. Now that was oh my god. Yeah, that he was younger then. I mean, that's when he's working Chicago. He's that that matchbook is from sh- the trade winds in Chicago, right. right? And and I think you're absolutely right. The reason they arrested him was not for saying cocksucker. Those were Catholic cops in Chicago. Yes, that were pissed about what he was saying about the Catholic Church. Yes, and yes. they just it wanted was... to arrest him. Howard for the, Johnson. They needed yeah. a reason. Now yeah. he gave them that reason. He gave them that reason, yeah. but and, that wasn't but, the reason. But then he spent a large percentage of his life trying to make them tell the truth. Which I, it, my heart bleeds for him. All he wanted, if you listen, if you read the court transcripts, which I've had, he wanted to prove to everybody that they, I said the bad word, and they're not arresting me for that. They're right. arresting me because I attacked the Catholic Church, and nobody would admit to that. And it, and it's absolutely true. Right, I right. Mean, There's no yeah. doubt about it. But yeah. what I love about, I mean, and it is a very, you clipped that thing perfectly in that frame that you just showed me because it's advertising Lenny Bruce and also what is it Mistress Badia yeah exotic <laughs> belly dancer because yeah. that's one of those things that again like it got lost you know it's a context that got lost right mm-hmm. when Lenny Bruce was doing his act he was you know initially he was the guy in between the strippers yep he was the guy at the burlesque show. Mm-hmm. Um, Dana Gould has a line that says, like, you know, part of the problem is that stand-up comics started to think that they were steak and were not, were peas. We're the thing <laughs> be- that comes between the things you like, right. ideally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know that I completely agree with that, but that was the history, right? I mean, Lenny you didn't go to a nightclub just to see Lenny Bruce. You saw, you know, the belly dancer and Lenny yeah. Bruce, and then next week it's going to be, you know... Right. Uh, I mean, you look at the uh, like early Woody Allen lineups. It's a sing. It's a it's yeah. a female singer. It's Wood, and there's a ju- Danny's pointing at something. Danny's holding a framed it's newspaper. a movie. Okay, so yeah, it's a framed newspaper with the uh, you know Lenny Bruce is coming opening tonight. Lenny Bruce comes to the Pavilion. America's number one sick comedian invades the sophisticated La Pavilion at the Hotel Hotel de, de la Salle. So it's Montreal. But there's a movie that it's um, advertising, and it's Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne, Lee Marvin, and uh, I don't know, I don't, but I can't see what the movie is. So it's driving me nuts. Oh, I it's might have cut it off. It's a cowboy movie. It's cowboy. But you know the movie. We know the movie. We know the name of the movie. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, because it's James. It's Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne. Right, so Jimmy Stewart plays the. Is that the one where he plays the bad guy? Or, I don't know. I don't or, watch cowboy movies. Are you looking that up, Peter? I am. Okay, All right. Because I've forgotten. Well, the uh, I don't watch cowboy movies. Oh, it's the man who shot Liberty Valance. There you go. Okay. See, that's what I'm saying. Even though you don't 
you don't watch. I know that title. You know the yeah. title, and I yeah. think I've yeah. seen yeah. that yeah. movie. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, sorry, so, and I, I should have known that because you said Lee Marvin, and I went, oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, man. They, they, you know, which means that's 1962. Just so you know, so that's Lenny Bruce in Montreal next to the next to the Belly Dancer in '62, right. and right. then '65 he's at Berkeley, right. and '66 is dead. '66 he's at a Fillmore, and then he's dead. Right. I mean, that's, right. Now, we that's, brought up the Catholic Church. This I love. <laughs> this I don't know what this is. I've actually tried to research and learn what this is. I have no damn clue what this is. But God, I just I just love it. This is. I'll give this to Danny. This to Dan. Tell him what you're looking at, Danny. Um, okay, so the painted window of a church, obviously, a Catholic church, and um, that's where the light is. You see the light. Everything else is sort of blacked out, so you can see that the round part of of a church window, and then there's a nun, and in the full nun attire, which is what is that it's called? A it's a habit. 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 And uh, with the big cross, that was was the ones that always scared me the most. <laughs> and they had the big cross. So, all right, the little cross ones, right. they seem to be nicer. The big cross <laughs> ones, hey, it's, I think I don't think you're really on the right if side of what you're doing here. If this Bevins would be arrested right now. Uh, and uh, the nun is holding a sign. She has a little smile on her face. I like that, too. Spectacles in a habit and a little smile on her face. And she's holding a picket sign, mm-hmm. uh, and in the picket sign, on the picket sign, it says, "Fuck Lenny Bruce," <laughs> <laughs> which is what is the it, church wanted to say. And what? if they had been honest, if they had just been honest, if they could be for a moment, could have been honest, yeah. that's what they would have said. And it's probably Lenny wouldn't have. Probably Lenny would have gone. You know what? I take it back. That was fucking. You guys. That was great. Look at that. They said, <laughs> they, fuck they, me. They said and the, you know what? Yeah. I've been waiting for that. They told the truth. Right. I, that's an interesting thing that I've thought for a long time. I believe if, the, if, if people would have been honest and said, we're arresting you because you attacked the Catholic Church, right? And then he went and went, oh, okay. You know, I mean, I don't think there would have been. But then they lied to him and he knew it and it drove him crazy. We're yeah. comics. We know how much a lie pisses us off. When we see a hypocrisy, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like a porcupine. All my quills go up and I start, I start like telling people in the grocery store about the lie I saw. You know what I mean? Because right, like, right, yeah. I expect everybody to be as upset, you know? Right. I mean, I think, I think Lenny Bruce would have still been upset about, like, you know, what did he want? I mean, in his bit, Religion's Inc., he wanted religion to admit he was a big business. And he if, thought that yeah. was that was the truth that they needed to admit. Right. So I'm not sure that, like, yeah, he would have said, well, fuck Lenny Bruce. Well, that's a good step. But what you really need to do is admit that you're a racket. And there's okay. no institution on earth that's going to go, yeah, you got us. Why you know, that, not? You know, it's like, to me, I, I'm doing this bit right now, but I'm not going to do the bit. But here's the point I'm trying to make. Is I pulled up into this hotel, yeah. okay, and there's a guy – uh, standing on the in front of the hotel there with no shirt on, right? He's got a Confederate flag tattoo on his right breast and an American flag tattoo on his right on his left breast. I just got I was immediately pissed. I'm right. frustrated. You can't have both of those. Pick a side. No, that's <laughs> pick a side. His titties are at war. No, there, there's a war going on. If, you, if I'm gonna fight a battle, 
I've, first thing I gotta admit, I gotta make you admit that you're a hypocrite. Yeah, no doubt about it. Right. And then, and then once you, then now this is a fair fight. When you say I believe the Confederacy ought to come back and take over and, and invade the U.S., then okay, now this is a fair fight. Right. But you're mixing Confederacy and the United States of America. What are you talking about? Right. And I think that's the the point Lenny was at. He was, you know, and understand that while there. he was doing it, and while the church and the people that were representing the church were destroying Lenny Bruce. Mm -hmm. There were priests fucking kids and sure. being moved from parish to parish to parish. And uh, yeah. you know what I mean? To me, that's the other side of this. They totally destroyed him. And you forget, mm -hmm. too, that there was one, even, even one other thing that Lenny hated about it. It wasn't just that they wouldn't admit that it was about that. It was also that they were going to let somebody else do his act. And deep in every real right. comedian... Oh. To watch somebody else do your act. You're like, you don't know how to do that. That's my fucking... You can't. You're not I doing some, it right. I wrote some jokes for this comedian. I'm not going to tell you who, okay? But he, I was opening for him, and, and he goes, hey, will you, will you write me some stuff? I said, okay, sure. He goes, I'll pay you. I'll, you know, it you, sounds like me. No. <laughs> no. You wouldn't let someone put a pronoun in no, your act. No, I would not. No, no, no. What are you no, talking no, about? No, no. So this comedian, anyway. Um, so what's the going rate, just so I know? Because I, I got a few bucks. I mean, I wrote know. him. I wrote him three jokes that he died laughing when I told him the jokes, right? right? Yeah. And uh, and he, I, I think he gave me a hundred bucks for those three. Wow. If I remember, it wasn't bad. But it's a hundred bucks. I'm featuring. You know, you just increased my weekly right. pay by a, a fifth. Right. You know what I mean? So, okay. One of the jokes still to this day, I just, God, I wish I had it back. You know what I mean? Uh, let me try to remember how it went. One of the, one of them was like, um, yeah, I can't remember it. But anyway, this, 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 we, we lost the big clue because he wasn't going to tell us the name. But if he told us a joke, we might have been able to. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I he, think... It's on his album. Um, he went up and did it in front of me, these three jokes. Screwed it up so I was I was furious in yeah. the back of the room. He messed it up. No rhythm, no nothing. You know. And then he comes off. He, and, oh my God! It went so well. I, what you messed them all up? What do you? Yeah. You, you didn't. You didn't. And then the next day he's like, "Let's go riding." I can't. I just can't. I can't watch you butcher. I can watch you butcher your own stuff. Right. But you can't butcher. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. That's and that man thing. was Bob Hope. <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing. I know I keep, it might sound like I'm like harping on young comedians here, but I'm not harping on you. I'm saying, I think you're missing out on Lenny. You, you're, there's a lot to learn there, and there's a lot to enjoy. Another thing that needs to be remembered when you're listening to Lenny is half of the recordings, at minimum, half of the recordings that you can buy on Amazon were not meant for you to listen to. No. They were, he, Lenny hired a buddy to st to be in the basement of yeah. the club and tape his act because they would have a cop in court right. trying to do his act yeah. and he it was it was making him crazy so he would he would hire someone to tape him you know and then uh, you know and play it back in court so you're listening to this thing you're listening to this recording that was never meant right. for public it, consumption it, it's, it's a bootleg yeah yes so. You don't want to start with one of those. You start right. with Carnegie Hall. Right. And start I, with Carnegie Hall. And I think that's the problem is that there are so many bluntly bad recordings of Lenny Bruce out there. Yeah. That are, and also, you know, the 
because we hype up Lenny Bruce, everyone's looking at him like they're holy writ, right? Uh, yeah. And that's that's the problem is that, you know, there's so much, you know, I mean, and Hendrix suffers from the same problem. Like, there are so many crap recordings of Hendrix out there because Hendrix would work with any schmuck session musician. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. you know, you have to sometimes go, okay, just pretend that the other part isn't going on. And, <laughs> and it's tough to do with, with Lenny because he's all over the place. So it's like, okay, pretend that, just listen to this five minutes out of this forty-five minute bit, because yeah. this, the, you know, this is a, this is the Lenny open mic set, and also like the smack is heavy at this point. So, yeah, you know. that's another thing. Drugs, you gotta, man. Yeah. Drugs. All right, now, now I'm going to pull out some stuff here. This is, ruined him. Though. This is fast. I don't think Peter's ever seen this. That's, Peter's a movie buff. The Rocket Man. That's fifty-four, nineteen fifty-four. Look at the bottom. Read the screenplay by. Screen by, by Lenny Bruce and Jack Henley. Yeah, he wrote two. Right. Yeah, he wrote two movies, and this is the poster of one of Lenny's, one of Lenny's movies. Yeah, he? and it's a it's a kids it's a it's a kids, kids flick about yeah. right. You know, you got to shoot them up, rock them, yeah. rocket gun. Yeah. All right. At the, oh, I want to. Okay. Now let's get into some Carlin memorabilia. All right. Uh oh. Let's get in. All let's right. get into it. You want to get into it? I want to get into it. All right. I'm going to show Peter something I, that it, I. Here's another thing about this though. That before we go too far. Just very quickly. Yes, yes. All of these guys had the same thing in common. They all went for it the way that they thought that they were supposed to and did what they thought that they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. And they were all at some point uh, ruined on that by the business and by the, you know, it, it didn't live up, you know, it, there was, it was a lie. Or it, you know, it, it didn't live up to what they wanted it to be. Yeah. Or times changed. And when the times changed, they changed with the times. And um, but this, you're going to see this all through because we you know Pryor was a, you know, Bill Cosby light. Yeah. And Carlin was, right. you know, trying to be a, an actor and all that. Right. You know. And another one we can throw on that pile, Hicks. Yeah. The early Hicks was G-rated, was clean. You know, P, well, PG at least. You know, yeah. for you know, he spent a lot of years being clean, and you know, and then just he did kinda, the Letterman's. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. did exactly what they told him to do. Yeah, right. I and mean, the, he wasn't. And and hopefully, one you know, one can hope that Hicks would have come out of it. Part of it, though, is like I put it again. I, I, I'm trying to. I'm coming off as the contrarian asshole here, but with we need that, I guess. But with <laughs> with Carlin, we do and, need that. Carlin and with Pryor. You know, they got to a certain summit and said, nah, this isn't me. And with Hicks, so much of his anger at Jay Leno and his whatever is that he didn't get to the heights that Carlin and Pryor did when they no, turned away he from did it. Not. This was a this was the equivalent of, of a bitter comic who was like, you know, you guys like Leno and fuck that guy, because I'm funnier than him. And I'm like, right, that's different. Right. You're pissed. That you didn't get to be that guy. I've, I've heard this. I've heard this line uh, several times, and i i get I get what you're saying, and I agree with part of it. I mean, and but it, the joke about Leno. Oh, it's a brilliant was, joke. It, not only is it a brilliant joke, it's not untrue. Leno was a guy that yeah, the comedians used, loved. Yeah, and he then was sold a great out. comedian. Yeah. Um, right. I'm thinking more like. You know, you're pissed at Miley Cyrus and yeah, or, no, no, or Billy Ray Cyrus and Star Search. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yeah. Great. And I agree with that. And there's a lot of that. You know, there's a lot of those guys that we're, I think they have, there's moments of real brilliance, but there's also moments of real pettiness and 
Um, and, and, and it really doesn't hold up. Yeah, and I'd also say, you know, to be fair to Hicks, you know, to some extent, I think of him as like the James Dean of comedy, right? Right. Like, you know, all right, you've got, you know, James Dean makes three movies, and then he's out. Could he have become Marlon Brando? Well, who the fuck knows, right? right? Yeah, but, it's anybody's guess at that point. Right. right. My, the, I, my, I would put my nickel in to be, yes, he would have suppressed Carlin, and the reason I would go that direction, I, I, the reason I would make that guess yep. is because of what he showed us up to 32. You know, up to the age thirty. The direction he was going. The direction right. he was going. It got sharper and sharper, and there were moments. That, yeah, yeah. You know, it, there was a lot of. I, I see, especially his early work. I see him as like a guy with a machine gun. He doesn't really know how to fire it. Yeah. And yeah. It's just spraying all over the room. Yeah, you know, but and but having a ball, having a ball. Yeah. And he just yeah, yeah. you know, and occasionally yeah. he hits the right target because he hit all the targets. Right, 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 right. You know what I yeah. mean. But as he got older, you could see it narrowing, and and it's, it, and again, you know, to be fair to him, you know, if you think of the longer careers of Carlin in particular, right? I mean, Carlin's got a career that you, you know, I mean, again, part of the reason I think he was, and I don't use this word lightly, a genius, is because like Picasso, you can break his career into periods. You can say, well, this That's what is what I was when, saying earlier, yeah. yeah. And look, there were some periods of Carlin that I like less than others. I think we all do. Yes. Right? And so when we talk about, well, you, you know. Name the albums. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, I mean, Toledo Window Box. I'm with you on that. God yeah. damn it. Yeah, that's it's when the- It's not co- a good album. Yeah, it's, it's when the cocaine is heavy. Yeah. It's not a good You can hear that. it. Yeah, his yeah. breath control is wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, like, even on a technical level, you can hear him wheezing on that album. Keep well, talking, because I want to show you guys something If you're going to be a technician, then- yeah, you Protect have to your be. Instrument. You have to be all the time a technician. And yeah, there's times when he, and you're right. It was the blow. It was the blow. I mean, he's alone on the on the airplane. That's the thing I love. He had an airplane. Yeah. And he would go get on the airplane with a six pack and a, and a bunch of blow, and just be alone on an airplane. He can't fly the fucking thing. Right. And Speaking of uh, the cocaine Toledo it, window box, it, take a look at this uh, this poster for uh, Carlin. Okay. Look at this. All right. He is gone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Yeah. So this is a, this uh, is a poster of an evening with George Carlin, where he is, you know, he he may be doing Al Sleet at the moment, the hippy dippy weatherman, <laughs> but he's baked out of his mind he's at least in an expression. Out of yeah. his mind. Yeah. Of, or yeah. and here's the thing: even if that's him in a character, uh-huh. that's how they're selling him. That right. that's what's funny to me. Yeah. This is the poster that goes in the window right. that makes a, you go, I want to buy a ticket. It's a print of a picture. Or, or, right. or a yeah, drawing yeah. of a picture. It's yeah. but it looks like more like a print of a picture. Yeah, it's not and a photograph. And that wasn't the only picture they could have picked from to right, make right. that print. Yeah, right. that was the one they yeah. thought would sell to the audience I that mean, just wanted to go my see. My friends, these two people in this room included, rag on me constantly about bad business. I never made a poster that bad. No, you right. never I mean, made a poster. So you can't get to that point, you know. He um, here's the thing about this is what I always say about Carlin. This is the guy that wrote uh, two jokes. Uh, one, um, a place for my stuff. Yeah, sure. You know, that is a. It's not my. It's not, not the stuff that Carlin did that I like the best. But that joke is written perfectly. Yeah, there's not yeah. there's not an ounce of fat on that joke. That joke works fucking, it's just perfect, yep. right? And then he's also wrote this. 
Have you ever noticed that most of the people who are against abortion are people you wouldn't want to fuck in the first place? Now, he opened that, with that. Opened. Uh, he opened. Opened. Opening line. Opening line. Yeah. Yes. Now that is. That has my heart wrapped all around it. <laughs> that is the that's the Carlin that I love, right? And I fucking adore. And I, yes, and the fact that a man could write both of those bits, yeah. is that, that's next level shit. That's that's next level after the next level to yeah. me. Yeah, you know, a lot of comedians or uh, people say, "Oh, that's next level," I, and I give them that absolutely. Yeah. But they're not Carlin level, you know. And that's the reason he had four kids. If you don't mind the analogy, he had four. He, he had four kids, four different stages. You know, yeah. most comedians have one kid. Yeah, and they're they don't treat it well. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. He had four. That and all four kids went to good colleges and, and taught us something. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. All four stages. I mean, like you say, the observational comedy. It's not my favorite kid. No. Okay. But you gotta you you gotta look at that kid and say, damn, that's a good kid. I mean, yeah. he really knew how to write observational comedy. Only thing missing from Carlin was vulnerability. If yeah. If he had that, then there, he would never be stopped. But he didn't need it. Yeah, I agree. He, I mean, I'm not he complaining. To, in in order to say, and I wish I had it here so i could read it to you but there's a the the beginning of um napalm and silly putty i think it is mm-hmm. is that the first one that's the first book i think yeah. that's the first yeah. book yeah yeah, yeah. so when, when, the, when is jesus going to bring the pork chops that second two. book right and then i think yeah. brain droppings was the third so in the forward right. could, be, could be wrong right, right in the forward of that or in the introduction of that he says at the end of it he basically says look I don't believe in you at all. And if you, by some incredible luck, happen to make it all work, uh, don't call me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and that was, and I'm, you know what I mean? I'm not even doing it right. right, right but right, I'm right, giving right, you right. The, the essence. The gist of it. of it. Yeah, yeah. And that was who he was. Through and through. Well, and see, I I'm wanna... going to disagree. Yeah, you okay. can disagree no, no, first. No, no, no. I'll disagree you disagree. second. Peter, please, okay. go ahead. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you one short reason and one longer reason. Okay. Short reason. Uh, Lewis Black tells this story. Uh, he was at a low ebb. Um, comes home one day and gets a message on his answer machine from George Carlin. Hi, this is George Carlin. I saw your act. I think you're really funny. I can do nothing to help your career, but you were really funny. And, you know, he kept that, obviously, like, yes. you know, like a like well, a, you know, bronze yeah. to the tape, right? Yeah, and, yeah. right. But, and he said, I just kept that, the recording of Peter telling me the story. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he kept that for years. You know, right. now, you know, he led with, I could do nothing to help your career, but, you yeah. know, and, but, you know, Stuart and I, I, Stuart and I have this phrase where we talk about certain stories, like, he didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. He no, and, I, and that's not what I mean. I don't mean that as in individually you. He meant humanity. He was speaking to the whole of us. That I understand. He wasn't screaming at us individually. Right. I, but I he get... just thought together we were a fucking nightmare, and he didn't want to be a part of it. Now, I no, I, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll let I was you go. Say, sorry. No, no, it's fine. I mean, but what I was going to say is, yeah, I mean, well, he's like Mark Twain, right? Yeah. Capable of individual... Acts of great charity, right? Whereas, as a collection, 
misanthropy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other reason is you've heard this story before, and I'll try and make it brief. No, Mr. no, Huff. please, please don't make it brief for me. Um, it's a great story. So uh, I was out of comedy at this point. Uh, you know, I was just a guy with a couple kids. And my father had uh, played Occupation Fool for me when I was eight. That was my introduction to stand-up comedy. Uh, and so my dad... By the way, can I interrupt and, and interject something? Uh, His father played Occupation Fool for him at eight. Yeah. That's a cool dad. Yeah. My mom found my Occupation Fool cassette tape, threw it in the garbage. What? Yeah. And I love my mom to death, but she was scared of Carlin. She didn't want that kind of word. No, you know what I mean? He, he, now, he had some caveats. I mean, you know, he played it for me. He goes, I think this guy's really funny. He said, I don't want you using this language around the house. Right. And I really wish he'd cut his hair. <laughs> those were the two things. Well, see, two, they did, two of those is what my dad said. He didn't care about the hair. Right. But, but, he, and he, but he was like, listen, if I hear you say any of this, I'm going to, you know. There's going to be consequences, yeah. yeah. Right. And, but go ahead. I, okay, so Carlin is coming to sign, will Jesus bring the pork chops at the local Barnes & Noble? So I call my dad. I go, you, know, you want to go get, get a book signed by George Carlin? He said, of course. You know. So we wait in line. Now, and, and here's the part that was always weird for me as a detail. I mean, he just, it's a Barnes & Noble. We're all in this huge line. And he walks in the front door and sits down at the table. I'm like, right, I don't know, what did I expect? He was going to be lowered from the ceiling? Like, I just found it <laughs> so weird that he would just, just walk in. I'm yeah. like, yeah, well, the fuck? I mean, they don't have a backstage at the Barnes & Noble, right? Yeah, uh, you know, he's like, I'll sign any shit you want. I, you know, my, be careful with my hand. It's arthritic. And you know. so we go down and I say to George Carlin, you know, it's a real pleasure. My dad is next in line. He played me Occupation Fool when I was eight. And he goes, he's a very enlightened man. Anyway, it's a pleasure to meet you. Peter, yeah, all right, I'll sign the book. Yeah. And so I step away and then my father has a moment, you know, and we go, well, that was, you know, amazing. So I have this story. So then my mother, uh, there's like Table for Five. It's a basic cable show. They all sit down. And, right. Right. And this was just after, I think it was around the time of Jersey Girl, right? So, you know, it's, it's Carlin, it's John Favreau, it's, you know, a bunch of other people. And, and uh, Michael Rappaport, the actor, says, uh, you know, my mother has recorded this for me. She's like, I know you love George Carlin. I thought you might want to watch this. And Michael Rappaport turns to George Carlin. I said, he says, man, I just want to tell you, like, my dad introduced me. He goes, ah, jeez. Always with the fucking dads. He goes, everybody comes up to me and says, my dad was introduced me to you, or my dad threw away your album. He's like, everybody's got a fucking story about their dads. But no, go ahead, kid. What do you got? And I'm watching this, and my soul is shrinking and shriveling. But here's the thing. At that so moment awesome. in the bookstore, yeah. George Carlin treated me like he'd never heard that before. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. And that's why no he And there like, you go. Yeah. No, no doubt. George Carlin, right, he, he put into words something that I have felt for a very long time and never could articulate, right? Yeah. And now I have the language for it, which is, I love people. Yeah. And I hate humans. Yeah. <laughs> I hate humans. But I yeah. love people. And that's... You know, and Carlin, without, if I never listened to Carlin, I would still be confused on that feeling, not, yep. not knowing. Because once you can articulate a feeling, you can begin to understand it and process it yeah. and then live with it. No doubt. You know? No doubt. All right. We're, can we're, I just we're say, going late, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep th- tossing out stuff uh, here. Keep, uh, Danny. Yes. Um, but he brought up a um, story with his dad, so I wanted to bring up a story yeah, with my dad. Yeah, please. Always so, with the fucking dads. So always with the, the fucking dads. dads. Uh, so... I liked comedy. I don't know if, if we all liked comedy pretty early, right? Like, 
mm-hmm. loved cartoons, loved, loved, loved cartoons, yeah, yeah, yeah. loved them, and uh, loved anything funny, loved the Costellos, loved the, the you know, the, uh, all of that, the uh, Three Stooges, the, you know, I just, I fucking, I couldn't get enough of it. It was just, as a kid, it was just all I wanted. And then I was probably, I don't know, 11 or something like that. And I was at a kid's house, and he played this album. And there were older kids, and everybody was laughing. And uh, I was like, oh, that's, I got to get that album. I got to find out why this is all going on, you know. And so I go to my dad, and I go, listen, I want to get this album. I, I'm, I'm going to need your help. We got to go to the record store. We go to Tower Records. They're living in California. Tower Records, huge. Sure. Walk in. You're 11. 11. This is the one. Is this the Tower Records on the Sunset Strip? No, no. This is Tower Records in San Jose. Okay. But yeah. They, yeah okay. They but yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. It, yeah. But it's not that one. No. no. Um, go in there. Get the record. Show it to him. It's Cheech and Chong. Right? And he's looking at it like. Uh. He goes, listen, I I will buy this, and I will listen to it with you. But you're, you know that there's things on this that <laughs> it's not. This is not okay, and you can't. Whatever language you hear, you can't use. And you know, I was like, I just I want to do this. So we go home. We put it on the record player. There is a bit on there that Cheech and Chong do. It's called Vietnam, and um. That is the hardest I've ever seen my father laugh. I mean, bent over, can't fucking stop. I had to put it back, the needle back. Because <laughs> he wanted to hear the rest of it. And tell the audience, listening audience members, yeah. what your dad was. My dad was a Green Beret. And um, just, and I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I want to make, make my dad yeah. Dude, yeah. 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 And then you my saw your dad doubled over. Oh, just and and wasn't expecting to do that. A green beret. I mean, yeah. this is yeah. not. You and know, this is going to be pot humor. I'm sure he thought, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. These, you know, this commander's trying to get these people in line, and and like the goddamn morale's got lax out here, and and. It, not like it when I asked for the volunteers for weed out that marijuana patch. Damn near got stampeded. By the way, where are those guys? Still out on patrol, sir. And it's and now I know all of what is and yeah, it's yeah. fucking beautiful you know and all funny the beats. and yeah. every yeah and every and he hits everything. So he sees that I'm a fan of comedy. He starts to buy albums. We start to do that. He gets HBO because wow. George Carlin. Is going to be on HBO. Wow. And he tells me, he goes, listen, I don't know how I feel about this guy, to be honest with you, but he's funny. He's really <laughs> funny. And the thing that made him laugh, the one that he always told over and over again, which I think says a lot about my father, yeah, was Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Great joke. You know, Great. And that's, that's another one. Muhammad Ali. He wanted to beat up people. And the American government wanted him to kill people. And Ali said, hey, 
I'll beat him up, but I won't kill him. I draw a line. And the government said, well, if you're not going to kill him, we won't let you beat him up. <laughs> I mean, and I think of that all the time about how my dad, that fucking that joke yeah, resonated yeah. with him. A, a and he beret. gave me Carlin. And he gave, he gave the technician to me. Right. Like, I didn't get it. You know, I, I'm... Carlin did that, I'm sure, for laughs. Part of that was, you know, the it with a dad. Oh, yeah. Because the fucking most beautiful thing in the world is that your dad could give you George Carlin. Yeah. It's, you know, my dad gave me Hendrix. My dad gave... Now, a lot of stuff that I don't think that... I, I mean, I know that he loved the music, but I'm sure he was like, Jimmy, what the fuck with the heroin and yeah. the goddamn hair? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? That sounded so dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're now at the... We're both now at the age where we're starting to channel. I'm like, you ever... Yes. You oh, said yeah. something to your kid, and you went, whoa, whoa, well, who's that? <laughs> that, that? That wasn't me. Right. That was my dad that just came out of me right now. I yeah. got one where I say that uh, I was... Uh, I'm doing this... My wife made me put up these window treatments on all the windows. And there was the right back screw on the right side, the back screw on the right side. Every one of them, I, I can't get it in. I can't make it work. And finally, on the seventh one, I fucking slip. My hand hits the window. <laughs> my knuckles are bleeding. Ugh. I start fucking, there's nobody in the house. I start fucking screaming. I'm just losing my shit. God damn it, son of a motherfucker. And I just catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror, and I'm like, Dad? And, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah, that's yeah. scary. Yeah. I, and this is not to do a one upsmanship on dads, but my dad also introduced me to Pryor. We went to go yeah, see. Yeah, that's me too. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm, I'm the odd man out here. I mean, I love both of my parents. I really do. And I think they were, they are, they were and are really good parents. You know, I disagree with both of them politically, right. but I never, not once, doubted their love. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right. And I never doubted their protection and their well meaning either. They threw away the prior tapes. They threw away the Carlin tapes. It, it, what Hendrix do they think was they not allowed. By that, I don't know. And it, you know, it, my mom. I don't want to get in. They're going to listen to this, and I'm going to be grounded. Uh, <laughs> right, I want to show. I want to show Danny this. This okay. is early. This is early Carlin. Okay. All right. And then I've got uh, something I don't think Peter has seen that you're going to love. This I don't think you've seen that. <clears throat> This is. Oh my God! I keep an eye out for, you know, car prior Playboy stuff. Club. Prior stuff is hard. To, movie prior movie stuff I can find. Prior stand up stuff. He didn't tour like Carlin. No, he didn't tour like Lenny. So, you know, I'm very little on prior. Look how or, young or Carlin was, is oh in God. that. Now appearing at the St. Louis Playboy Club, November one through November twenty first. Tanny Jones, Torrid and Torchy, Slappy White. Hip and happy comic. <laughs> Joanne Miller, scintillating songstress. George Carlin, comedy for moderns. <laughs> for moderns. What the fuck is a modern? <laughs> What's a modern? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look how he's a baby there. Yeah, he's yeah. a kid. Also, he's a kid. Can we all take a moment to marvel at the time when you had a St. Louis Playboy Club? St. Louis. St. Louis. Playboy Club. Playboy Club. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Peter, and what Peter, I've got tell is, people what you've got there. So I, I've got a program for something called Irving Granz's Jazz a la Carte, 1960. And, and Peter is a jazz buff. So I knew when I was going through deciding what to bring on Carlin and Lenny, 
I was kind of piecing together some different airs or whatever, and then I thought, I got to get this from Peter. I got to, you know. And it, when you say jazz buff, you mean that he has he has knowledge of it. Yes. I, yeah, because I would be a jazz fan. Okay. I have no knowledge. I, I, and I would say I'm probably closer to fan than buff. I mean, right. you know, I'm not He's one of those jazz guys. fan. I can, you know, I have a bunch of albums. I can recognize personnel from this band to that band, but I'm not the guy on the FM radio going, and that was, you know. You yeah, know I know, I know. You I know, know, where they go on for five minutes, he goes, so that was, you know, Billy That's, Krupa. And, but does and, that make us old, too? Gene Krupa. Even though I loved it when I was young, you know what I mean? Like, I play it for my kid. I, well, I play it in the house all jazz. the time, yeah. yeah. And so my kid's been really, like, immersed in jazz. Huh. And because I just think it's all around. It's just a fuck. It just, it's just it's it makes me yeah. happy. It's wonderful. You know, um, but is that like, I just wonder if people, they see, you know, they see me. For those of you that are listening to this and have no idea what I look like. Um, <laughs> imagine a guy who's working really hard to get the part of Mike Pence. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? This is probably make you happy. I did not see Mike Pence when I looked at you until you said it today. And then all day long, I've been like, that's Mike Pence. Yeah, God damn it. I can't believe I got Mike Pence on my podcast. This is the last thing I want. You know what I mean? This is, well, this is the second to last yeah. thing that I want. You yeah. know what I mean? I do not paint my hair. I don't do it. I love, I, I love the hair. I really I, do. But I, I, I don't want to... I'm going to go back to that, but uh, I'm a huge jazz fan. I just wonder if people are like, God, old people really like jazz. But and It comes and goes. It's like it's like derby. It's like roller derby, anything else. Jazz kind of, you know, everything kind of has its, you know, ebb and flow. But it's an American art form like this one. Yes. Comedy and jazz. Mm-hmm. That's what we made. Right. Yeah. And I, I would also say, you know, I, like you, have a budding jazz fan well, she just went to college, but right. at home, you know. So, right. you know, I got a kid who's got, you know, uh, who really likes John Coltrane and, and Miles Davis, oh, yeah. you know, and she's got her own vinyl collection. And I'm like, I don't care if you're doing this to make me happy. Because <laughs> you did. Because you did it. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah. It's working. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so this jazz a la, this jazz a la carte, 1960, uh, you know, and this is why I'm a jazz fan and not a jazz buff. Okay. Uh, you know, the headliner on the show is Billy Eckstein. And I know who that is. I know who that is too. Yeah. 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 And then it's Lambert, Hendricks, and Ross. No clue. I know who they are. Okay. See, and that's why you're more of an aficionado than me. And then Sonny Stitt. Yes. Yeah. I don't know Sonny Stitt. But then they were like, you need to know. Saxophonist. Saxophonist. saxophonist you need to know Sonny Stitt, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Lambert, Lambert, and Ross, you know, good, but you don't need to rush home and download <laughs> Have that. you done anything like this? What do you mean? Have you done, like, I've done two jazz cruises. Oh, no, I've where never you done get, anything like that. You're the comedian? No. And then you're just listening to jazz the whole time? Oh, I've never I've go, never done anything that great. It is. I did a nudist camp awesome. last week. Okay. That's not. <laughs> I was just trying, I was trying to, you know. That's I mean, jizz, not jazz. That's, oh, uh, we're, yeah, that's, I'm sorry, we're, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's late. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the program for this, by the way, so it's, it's Sonny Stitt. Up first, now here's the funny thing. I don't know Sonny Stitt, you know, so mm-hmm. write all your hate mail to Stuart Huff for having me on the f- show. Mm-hmm. But the piano in his quartet is Vince Guaraldi, and I sure as hell know who that sure. is because yeah, I, I watched yeah. Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then it's then it's Lambert, Hendricks, and Ross. Second set, third set is Lenny Bruce. So 1960. Wow. Yeah. Look, show Danny the, the, the turn the page. Turn the page. They have a bigger shot of him. 
Look at this. You want to talk about a baby? I mean, it just feels old when you're looking at Lenny Bruce and he just looks. They have a full page headshot of him in there. Yeah, but, it, but how old was he when he died? He was 40. Yeah. Was it? It was 40. Okay. He's 40. All right. I've got two more things I want to just geek out. Comedy geek out. Right. You're really looking at that clock hard. Like you're just scared uh, that you, it's going to go long. We're, we might edit this out, but the truth is, he got three hours of sleep last night. No, no. I, I, I got more. Peter than that. got three hours sleep I got last more night. Sleep. I won't. I'd like for you know what I mean. I don't want to. I got five. You and me, we're you know we're ready to go. I'm. I've just started into the bourbon. Oh yeah, the night I mean, has I'm just not, begun. I'm yeah. not done. I'm. I'm. When we know. when we stop talking about Carlin and Bruce, then Peter, I'm going to let Peter go, and then we're going to sit someone else down, and we're going to start ranting about PC language. Well, I'm. I am hoping that Peter and I will get an opportunity to say who we think up and coming are. Yes, or what what we believe is going on now. We'll talk about okay. that, and I and I'll go first, and then I'll leave That'd the end, nice. and then I'll leave the ending. To you guys, seriously. But I want to... Now this, Peter has seen this. Okay. And I don't want him to touch it because he might steal it. Yeah. It's entirely possible. This this is by far the the best Carlin thing I've ever found, all right? He's in the military, right? Shreveport Station in Shreveport. You know this. Jesus Christ. And isn't that wild? Can you imagine? It's another thing. Fucking Pryor, fucking Hendrix, fucking... You know, Hendrix is airborne like I was. You right, know what right. I mean? A, a, yeah. a Carlin, and and they all. And look, I was medically retired. I mean, that's that's kind of being kicked out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Lenny Bruce, they fucking that's, asked him to leave. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Bruce. I think was he in, yeah. even said that he was gay to get <laughs> he, out of it. Right? To, to like try he to get out fucking of it. really hated it. He hated. He was it. on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so you know the you know yeah. Carlin's stationed in Shreveport, right? In the Air Force. Right. In the Air Force, and he wants to get into radio, right? So you read the book. He goes to KJOE right. and gets a little DJ gig, right? He's just the Carlin's Corner. Right. That on this box set, they've got the little recording. This is Carlin's Corner. We've got the spins with the winds or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he could do it. He could nail it. it. Yeah, yeah. So this is a brochure from him on the radio. This is, to my knowledge, this is before he... Before anyway, he knew who he was. He hadn't been on stage. Yeah. He hadn't done his first set yet, right. to my knowledge. He's a DJ in Shreveport, Oh, Louisiana. my God. And he looks like a child. Yeah. Wow. And this is for Peter. I don't know if I've ever shown you this. Okay. K-J-O. I don't think K-J-O-E. So. The Tune Tips. <laughs> and tonight, you know it. Hey, boy. Hey, girl. We're going to be doing stormy weather. He does look like a baby there. Yeah. He? He's, he looks like he's 15. I mean, the, he probably was, what, The 18? top guy is Joe, Mr. Radio Monroe. You remember Joe, Joe Monroe Joe was Monroe. in George's yeah. book. Yeah. He talked about Joe Monroe. Joe Monroe. Joe, the Mr. Radio Monroe. Had I ever shown you that, Peter? Absolutely not. So this now, is uh, Brush Up Your Shakespeare from Kiss Me Kate. It's mm-hmm. sheet music. And it says at the top... Buddy Greco, George Carlin. Mm-hmm. And then it's got all of these handwritten notes on it. So where is where is this from? Did he do so, Kiss Me Kate? So according to the book, according to Carlin's biography, right? So he, you remember the part where he, they move, it's when they moved to L.A., him and, him and uh, Kelly. Jack Burns. Was, was it Kelly? No, it was Jack Burns. His daughter? No, 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 no. His no, daughter's no, no. Kelly. Kelly. What was his wife's name? I can't oh, oh, oh. What was his wife's name? 
His Mrs. daughter's Carlin. Kid. Mrs. Carlin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, so him and Jack Burns moved from Texas, you know, to to California, right? And then they're do- and then they split up, and he's a single, right? And he's this is when he did like Merv the Merv show, and he's he's trying yeah. to he's doing Indian Sergeant, yeah, right? right, right. And then they're living in New York, right? And then he gets offered a writing gig. To, they have a summer replacement show for the uh, for the Jack Gleason show. Okay, it's John Davidson's. We're, boy, we're looping this together. Yeah, right, right or wrong? Right. Yeah. John Davidson. John Davidson is the zealot of modern comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so Carlin gets the gig writing for, for that the summer show, replacement show. For yeah. the summer mm-hmm. replacement show. So he packs up the family and move from New York to L.A. Right. Right. Back and, to L.A. Uh, yes, back to L.A. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then he becomes co-host. With, and, then, and then, so it's like Davidson's doing his little ha-ha-ha, doing his thing. Yeah. And then they cut to Buddy Greco and Carlin, and they do a skit and a song. And that is the original handwritten wow. you know, song with notes on People are making notes. George needs wow. to sing or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. louder here. Louder. People yeah. are yeah. pencil writing notes on telling right. them what to do. George Carlin, Buddy Greco. Yeah. I mean, that... That song and this DJ, KJOE, I mean, that's... That's... This is museum stuff for Carlin fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is... There's one of that song thing. There's one... Right. There's not another one of those. And and how many of those survive? Because, you know, part of what you look at the KJOE, you know, lineup, I mean, somebody got real lucky and pulled that out and went, oh... George actually did something with himself. Yeah. Because you look at everybody else on that sheet. <laughs> no, yeah. It's all, you know, it's it's a bunch of guys that, you know, God bless them, were probably talented in their own right sure. and yeah. lived and died in obscurity. You well, know? Or, and maybe wanted to. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, sure. you know, the guy's on the radio, but he doesn't want to go anywhere, you know. And, sure. And, and then he might have been really Mr. big. Radio. How do you get any higher than Mr. Radio? Mr. Radio. I mean, he won. get above that? Right. Yeah. I mean, he, they, yeah. I mean, There's that's no what Lieutenant the thing Colonel is. Radio. They call him that, and that, and I'm sure he didn't make that up himself. No, you can't give yourself your own nickname. Not <laughs> on the radio. Not, not in radio. <laughs> not, you can't get yourself. The sarcasm level on my podcast has increased dramatically. <laughs> All right, uh, now let's uh, Lenny, uh, Carlin, Pryor. On any given day, I would not argue with any comedian who says either either one of those three. You know, my for my money, it's Carlin. You know, best comedian that ever lived, right? Yeah. Uh, you can learn a lot from all three of those. People. Who's the first comedian? Uh, who's the first? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I don't. Are we going back to jesters? Well, you could. I guess you could go back to that. I mean, uh, if, if some people would say Mark Twain. Yeah, but I would say that legitimately going from place to place and doing a show, doing a show. I mean, he was he was talking and making people laugh, and that was the purpose of his talk. But I think Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you talk about all right. Now, who's the current? Now, here's let me go, and then I'm going to leave the end to you guys. All right. All I'm, I'm going to leave. I should say that that's a that's a Steve Reynolds idea, by the way. Is it, that what? Jesus was the first. Jesus was the first. first I like Steve. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, so, he's so wrong. Yeah. Oh, I'm turns turns out that his last words were not "Father, they know what they do," but yeah. "Rough crowd." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As the nails are going in, he's like, right. "Okay, I get it. You don't, you don't like it. How about this? Yeah. I got dick jokes, please." <laughs> you guys, <Hey. laughs> do you guys know David Crow? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Crow's deal is, what if Jesus, what if everything he said, it's true that's what he said, but he was being really sarcastic. <laughs> and to me, that's one of the best jokes ever. Yeah. And, you know, and it's a Crow joke. I mean, I'll tell you the Crow joke I like funny. is that he's always real, you know, he's the times I've talked to him about it, he's, it's a sensitive joke. He's got yeah. a judge kind of, you know, because he's not like you or you know, I'm going to throw me in there too. That's just like, I don't give a damn where I'm at. I don't give a damn right. what crowd this is. This is what I do. Deal with it. Pull me off the stage. Do whatever you want. Crow is more like, I would like to do well. So I'm going to choose my material. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I love the bit he does about, they shouldn't call it the special Olympics because let's face it. None of us could do what they do. <laughs> the kid read a 440 in damn near 20 minutes. I'm not going to be able to beat that. It's not, I'm going to need a break and a sandwich. And I'm going to have to call home. I got to text my wife. No, it's a great yeah, joke. Yeah. All right. Um, here's my, here's my thing on current comedy. I, I don't watch it. I don't watch it. I don't want their thoughts in my head. Uh, mm. I had never seen Bill Burr. He came in. I was working, uh, Dr. Grant's. And uh, on a Saturday night, right. and this is—I I never told you that. Dude. This no. is how do I put this? Okay, here's the deal. Yeah, let me let me tell this story here. Uh, Saturday night, uh, Doctor Grand's Grand Rapids, right? And right. they tell me producer of the show Matt Holt was opening for you then. Producer of the show Matt Holt, who will delete this entire show if we didn't mention him. Uh, he was featuring, right? He's opening for us. Recording. So I, yeah, it's not even on. <laughs> So I'm closing. So, um, yeah, and they said Burr's coming in. Bill Burr, he's doing a show at the at the blah 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 theater at the big famous people star lineup, big money glitter show, whatever it is. <laughs> and um, he wants to come in and uh, okay, you know, do a set. So you know, he comes in, nice guy, you know. And I immediately I'm like, you know, have my spot, you know, just you know, go up, close it, close it out, and he's. He, no, 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 no. I just, I want to do 15 minutes. That's all I want to do. I want to do 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then, uh, you know, I, he's going to go in front of me. You don't, can I say this without sounding arrogant? Yeah, go ahead. You don't put Bill Burr in front of your feature. No. You do not do that. No. That's, you know. Unfair to your feature. It's unfair, you know. Yeah. So uh, the MC goes up and brings up a buddy of Bill. So the guy that opened for Bill, right, brings him up. He does the set. Then then the MC brings up Matt Holt. Matt Holt kills. He's funny as hell, right? And then the MC uh, says, we have a special guest. Please welcome Bill Burr. You know, boom. He comes out 15, 20 minutes, something like that, you know, explodes. And then I have to follow him. You know what I mean? All right. Uh, so that set is the only Bill Burr I've ever seen. I have never seen Louis C.K., uh, I saw one of his episodes of his show. Did you well, ever see him masturbate? Uh, three times. Yeah. But he did no jokes while he was masturbating. Yeah. I felt ripped off that I had paid. I think it's the physical act that is the joke. Oh. But go ahead. Um, uh, so, you know, I saw Bamford, Maria Bamford, because I opened for her, and I thought she was amazing. What would you think of Burr? You didn't tell me what you thought of Burr. Uh, he was working on new material. He was working on new well, material. Well, then he's one of us. Yeah. Well, uh, that's yeah, what yeah. that's what I said. I, I pulled the right rabbit out of my hat that night. I got lucky. It's not. It wasn't talent. I got lucky. I was sitting in the back of the room, and Burr is killing. You know, he's yeah. built. First of all, it's Bill Burr. Right. Right. And they didn't expect him. They didn't buy a ticket to see him. No. And all of a sudden, he comes walking up on stage. There you go. And then he dives into his, that thing that he does. Which is which, be Bill Burr. He's yeah, if really you want to discuss it, we'll discuss it. Yeah. I think he was incorrect. 
Okay. 14 and a half out of the 15 minutes he did were just flat out incorrect. But uh, You mean politically wrong? Or no, no, no. Uh, I mean, his premises were wrong. Not politically wrong. Oh, they, he took the wrong stand? Well, you're going to no, find no, out. No, no, okay. no. I wouldn't right. even say that. I would say that they were incorrect. Like, you you know, it's like the Confederate flag and the American flag on one tat- tattooed on one body is just flat out and incorrect. You cannot have you cannot be for both of those things. You know, I thought Bill Burr was perhaps the best performer uh, that currently that I've seen. It right. was dynamic and it was so enjoyable to watch. Right. And he leans like a freaking vulture over that crowd. Yeah. And, my God, his performance skills are. I the minute I saw him, I I, I realized that yeah makes sense. I see why he went to that level. I yeah. mean, this is this is some good shit, you know. Yeah. And then I started listening to what he said. He did a bit about how very funny, very funny bit, but just incorrect. He he did a bit about how he's sick and tired of going to the football games. He loves football. He's sick and tired. Of, and here comes a soldier. And now I got to stand. I don't know anything about this soldier. I don't know nothing about him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They could have been, you know, the mess hall. They could have been the damn. They could have been in the mess hall. They could have been the. And he does a great visual. He has the guy on the ship with the little horns that light up, directing the planes onto yeah, the ship. Yeah, yeah, he goes, yeah. "What about this guy? What if it's? I'm yeah, not going to yeah. stand up for the guy that's directing the plane onto the boat. Fuck you. Get out of here. I don't know. Right. I want to. I want to stand up for the guy who shot the Arab in the face. You know what I mean? Right. I, Okay, now here's my theory, and you can call me an idiot or whatever, but you're either for the military or you're not. The plane, if the plane can't land, then, you know, the guy with the sticks that's directing the plane onto the boat at two in the morning when there's no lights is just as important as the pilot. Oh, man, you really are deep into it. No, and, I, th- and, and, I laughed when he did the bit. I, no, I laughed I, out I, loud. He was killing me. I was laughing my ass off. But see, that's what he does is find that place inside of something where you feel like, well, I'm kind of on his side. And then he points out this ridiculous part, which, you know, you're talking to an infantryman. You know, as far as I'm concerned, there is the infantry, and everyone else is fucking, you know, in the rear with the gear. They're they're all fucking supply there. You know, they're all behind me. But intellectually, you know, you know that you can't. Guaranteed. You can't, can't do, do without, what, without the... But that's not... That's, that's not. He's it's not. Meaningless. He, yeah. That kind of. That but kind he's of, not doing what you do, and he's not. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. That's the reason I say I loved him. Yeah. I right, laughed hard. Right. I okay. laughed right. hard. And I, I, I put it. That bit aside, I mean, I watched his last special, and I remember thinking at the end, I've never laughed harder at stuff that I fundamentally disagreed with. Yeah. 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 Another bit that he did uh, that night at Grand Rapids was he said, "There's only two types of lesbians," and I went, "Well, you're wrong." You're just wrong. Right. I mean, that's I can prove that's not that's incorrect because there are three. Yeah, I know. I know three. (laughs) Um, So that's what I thought about him. The mad one and the sad one. I didn't put him anywhere near (laughs) Carlin. I didn't put him anywhere near Carlin. Uh, uh, from what I and I and I'm and I'm I'm I'm, ju- I'm making that judgment call on a 15 20 minute set. I saw him working on new material in Michigan. Okay. I don't have. I've listened to Carlin. You know, for right, 25 memori- years. Yeah, you've memorized right, the right, albums. Yeah. yeah. I know all the albums. I know all the jokes. I know the little every. You know what I mean? So it's not even fair for me to judge Burr, you know? I, so I'm not, for, my point being, I'm not familiar with a lot of the new comedy. I purposely do not watch it unless I'm working with the person. Then I'll watch. Maria Bamford was 
hilarious. Brilliant. Loved. Brilliant. Just, I opened for her and I sat down and I watched and I, I did not want her to stop. And you know? exactly what you said. And Carlin and Pryor meet and out of that comes a woman. <laughs> and because the jokes are written, they're technically perfect. And the 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 acting side of it or whatever you want to say, the the, the emotional side, the yeah. vulnerability is there, the emotional side, the ability to to do the voices, to do the, that woman is the fucking full package. And there is not a better comedian today. And I I would put you in the top five. No comedians well then in the I country. don't now I don't trust your Banford. You put me in the- Well, first of all, I get to pick who I want in my top five. <laughs> and, uh, and in my top five, it's people I would pay to see. I would pay to see you. I would pay to see her, okay? And I think she's the best that's out there. And, that, and I put that out there. Now, you, I, again, we're going to say this is subjective. It mm-hmm. is, right? It's sure. subjective. Sure. But let's just remember that I'm right. Okay. Right. Go ahead, Peter. Peter, was, Peter, I, what? <laughs> Danny, that was beautiful. I love, I love the, I love the rhythm and the passion, and I love yeah. the fact that you didn't. You, not only did you not stop staring at me, yeah. but you didn't blink. Well, that you know was what? Beautiful. Let me let me just say something really quickly about yes. Bill Burr before we give it to Peter, and that um, if you watch Hicks, there are moments. If you listen to Hicks or watch Hicks, there are moments where. You start to wonder, who is the real one? Is it Hicks or Kinnison? Because they have moments where they both use the same voices. They both use the same. There's certain they have they, they have a certain similarity. Okay. And the thing was is that they were around each other so right, right. much, and they're both that, Texas, boys. and they're both te- yeah, and yeah. It, but but they spent real time together. Yes. Bill Burr and Patrice O'Neill lived together. And as good as I think Bill Burr is, and I fucking think the world of Bill Burr, I think Patrice was the better of the two. Now, is there proof? I I feel like I can show you proof, <laughs> but Burr has the hours to kind of, sure. you know what I mean? And Patrice is gone. Sure. But... The idea of I'm going to take an idea and flip it and make you go, ah, damn it, no, that's not right. But I'm not going to stop until you go, at least go, okay. I mean, I see your side, you know, and while you're doing that, you're laughing your fucking ass off. No yeah, one I laughed. I laughed hard at the stuff he did. I just thought it was it, it, literally fourteen and a half minutes of the fifteen was just wrong. It's just he's incorrect. He's not politically wrong, like I said. Um, Peter, what do you think? You, can anybody work in today? Who would you put up there? You got Pryor. You got Carlin. You got Lenny. Well, I would like to. I, I think I, I want to preface this by saying that, um, and I think Danny, you know, we both need to reflect on this that you have now announced that you don't watch any modern comedians, and yet you think we're two of the better ones. <laughs> Which means that your sample size is, is, is really, really small. small. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly I realized, oh, 
of the hacks that I've worked yeah, with. Yeah. Of the, yeah. <laughs> of the as, shit I've seen on the road. As long as these guys are fucking brilliant. <laughs> because I was forced to watch this man open for me, I said, he's not bad. <laughs> as long as we're being honest here in this room. Yeah. The word modern does not apply to you two. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, you both have been swinging this bat for a while. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I saw. I'm fucking throwing knuckleballs now. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's, you know what I mean? It's done. I got nothing. You're, yeah, you're not, you're not you Joe Negro. You're Phil Negro now. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, I keep them trimmed and ready. <laughs> There's an emery board in your back pocket. Right. Yeah. I put Dana Gould up there. I, to me, Dana Gould is—he's not Carlin level, but Dana Gould. And up again, there. he wouldn't be considered but, modern either. He's not modern, you know, and, and that's I, what I'm. No, he's got an hour that was—is I guess within the last three years, right? Or no, he put on he put on put on an album within the last year, though. Okay, it's probably worth noting that at this point. Uh, he couldn't get physical media generated for his last hour, as he is at pains and, to tell and, you on I, his I, podcast. I, uh, right. Digital only. Right. There's no special associated with it because he's over 50. Right, 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 right. You know. And that's the hard, you know, it's the hard. And I agree. One of the best, Yeah, you know, and been the best for a long time. Been a, a but, long, long time. Yeah. Long time, yeah. What do you think, Peter? Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to go with Dana Gould. Uh, yeah. Partially, you know, for sheerly egotistical reasons, because I was once described to the JFL bookers as Chicago's answer to Dana Gould. Uh, and, nice. And here's the thing: at that time, uh, I wasn't, I, I, you know, as it turns out, I was like, "Oh, right, you did the Zapruder bit with the girlfriend on the answer machine that I remember from back in the day." But I was not awesome bit. Yeah, yeah. but I was not a fan. And yeah. then I saw. Then I, I was like, "Well, shit, they're, you know, I've heard this." Uh, Madelana Martin, you know, friend of ours who ran Limestone. He's like, I saw your set and I said, you must be a fan of Dana Gould. I went, I am not. Right. And then I went and saw him and went, oh, oh, I see why you say that. Yes. And I almost think I need to stop watching you because it's real close. Yeah. Yeah. Like parallel tracks, but part of it is, you know, Dana Gould's born in Hopedale, Massachusetts, like the day after me but like four years earlier. But it's like all of our, you know, when yeah. he talks about watching Creature Feature on Channel 56, I'm like, oh, I did that too. Right. And you like Planet of the Apes? I like yeah, Planet of the yeah, Apes. You yeah. like Colshack the Night Star? I'm like, shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, when You're I- pulling when I, from the same pool. Yeah. Yeah, and there, there you know, there I had, uh, you know, on what's going to be the second album, the, you know, I had a bit where I said Subruder film, and I'm like, I can't do that. I think you're getting too tight now. Yeah, no, but you're but it, it was tight it was because it was in reference to like a note that my girlfriend had left. I'm studying it like the Subruder film. I'm like, mm. fuck, nope, that's not mine. No. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I would, but but it I wasn't because that line, but yeah. yeah, but also it's because it's not because I was I remember the Danny Gould bit. I'm like, oh, but he did it too because we're both pull it like Subruder film is just a go to political reference for me. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's just a if it looks like this shape, then I'm gonna pour this into it. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but yeah, Dana Gould, uh, Maria Bamford. Uh, I'm also going to go Patton Oswalt. Uh, he gets, you know, he can be a little nerdy, a little comic book nerdy. No, no, no. I, but, but I think he's up there. I don't, I don't yeah. I he's he's more, there. yeah. I mean, yeah, especially like earlier, you know, who's, who's, who's that not What he did for? about his wife was fucking brilliant. Yeah. I, I'm not going to take away the, the brilliance of the guy. The guy is brilliant. 
But I, you know, I go back to, like, we're talking about Carlin and Pryor. And we're talking no. about examples of that. And I think Maria's just a better example of that. Yeah, and I would also, and I guess what I would say about Dana Gould, and this isn't too old as uh, an, an, on an album, you know, we were talking about the other night, the Black Dahlia joke he has. Yes. yes. Which is not only brilliant in structure it's such a ballsy move because he literally goes for two minutes without a single laugh yeah to deliver a whopper of a punchline that makes you waiting for that two minutes completely worth it he ran the show for the simpsons this is not a guy that's not fucking brilliant yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean he's the dude is brilliant. Yeah. Yes, there's no. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if we're talking like people who haven't done a lot of TV, you know, James Fritz, man, James Fritz makes me laugh for my goddamn soul. Yeah, I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. He's that is one funny fucker. Yeah, he is, and he and he can pull the la- you know part of it like it, like like Dana Gould and it's like from Mary the heart. It's, and, and it's, he pulls from a dark yeah, place, yeah, dark place, and it's it's all it's it's him. Yeah. There's no bullshit. There's no yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he doesn't do characters. He does, you know, it's all it's all from Jimmy, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's fantastic. I have not seen him. Yes, you have, cuz I sent you his clips. You were talking about him for the uh possibly for Oh yeah, I did. I watched the clips. He's a Kentucky you... boy. Yeah. He? He's a Kentucky boy. Yeah, 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 that yeah, he was very funny. Yeah. He um I think that uh, you know, Bamford and and Dana, I mean, if, you know, I don't think either one of them are Pryor, Carlin, or Lenny, but that they're you know they're very good. They they deserve to be in that. Okay, well know. let me give you one more. They're what, Hall of Famers. One more name. Yeah, you know, they're Hall of Famers and name. they're not Ty Cobb. Okay, that's fine. You're a Hall of Famer. Right. You know? You're just not a racist. One more name. <laughs> Chappelle. I think Chappelle gets. You know, I think you have to give him the, the pound for pound. You know, it's going to be between him and Maria. Yeah. As a, and the only the only reason why I give it to Maria, uh, it's just because I think that she's you know. I don't think Dave. I don't know how to say this and not be. I don't want to. I think Maria is of the moment. I think Dave doesn't give a fuck about the moment. You know, and Dave's gonna tell what Dave's gonna talk about what Dave wants to talk about. That's just what and it is. and at yeah. and at great length. I guess yes. that's, that's that's part of it too. Where it's like again, if we're gonna do, uh, I like the fact that we're doing baseball analogies now, yeah. right? I kind of feel that sometimes with Chappelle, you know, it's like you know having the record for being in the most consecutive games. I'm like that's terrific, but the fact that you can talk for three hours does not. And I'm sure parts Granted, of it are aching. Granted, but when he does just do the hour, yeah, 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 that's one fucking brilliant hour, and he's really, really he just and he's been good since he was a kid. That what? is, he may be one of the only ones that I've ever seen where that where in this business, which is a craft, it is a skill, right? You can you can you know, I guess a lot like singing, you can make your voice better by doing the exercises and working it and yeah. doing that, but. Uh, but with singing, there is the possibility that you're a natural, right? There's a there's a natural. I never thought that it was a natural as a comedian. Dave Chappelle is about as close to a fucking natural as I've I've ever. Yeah, witnessed. and I have not 
obviously not uh, absorb all Dave Chappelle material, but I know oh, well, Jesus, you can. It's like being an expert on Wagner and every note. You know, I mean, I know some people that knew him when he was fifteen, going up and told me. I mean, some older comics that were like, "Well, it's just funny as shit at 15. Yeah, you know, Eddie Murphy wasn't took Eddie Murphy took a year or two. You know, but by the time Eddie Murphy was 16, he was funny as shit. But from what I've told, Chappelle was funny pretty much right off the bat. You know, so I don't doubt it. The, you know, There's a kid, Josh Johnson, there. who came through Chicago and is now in New York, who was like that. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, like, I, this unfortunately became quoted around Chicago, which I'm not exactly proud of. I was once sitting in the back of a show and I said, God damn it, he's so good he pisses me off. Because yeah. he, I mean, I watched him, he was on the stage at the Laugh Factory in Chicago and decided to improv a bit, as I found out later. I thought it was polished material of Jesse Jackson standing, he's, uh, it should be said, Josh Johnson is a young African-American male, so, because this would matter. Right. He improved Jesse Jackson standing over the prone body of Martin Luther King and making sure that he got the blood on his uh, shirt, yeah, yeah, which was, you know, I mean, based in fact, but also he did it hilariously. And I'm like, how long have you been working on that? He said, I just did it tonight. I'm like, fuck you, get out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, well, there's so many like now. That. There's yeah. a lot of great ones out there. And, uh, and they come from a great place. Yeah. They come I think from comedy's the gotten Trinity. better since I started. Yeah. It was, I think it's better now than it was when I started. When if I, it was a religion, the three of them would be prophets, saints. And, Carlin, Pryor, and Lenny. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Oh, they yeah. have books. Yeah, they I, have I books agree. in the Bible. And I don't think anybody's, anybody's passed. No, I mean I will say because I'm the guy that like took the big break. Uh, right. You know, and people say, "What's the difference between doing comedy in the '80s and doing comedy now?" Uh -huh. and, uh, it's women. We have them now. Yeah. Right. You know, sure. Yeah. I mean, and it's the and biggest. And you also have it's the I biggest mean, difference. Yeah. And, and and even when I started in you know ninety six or ninety whatever it was, you know, it was extremely common when I started to. It, I'd be sitting in the back of the club watching, and if if some comic did a joke about a comic book, oh, every comic on the, the show would rag on him. Right. Uh, let's give it up for the faggot reading comic book. It was so macho, so yeah, it was male it was driven. Little, yeah. It was like. You know, I used to know him when he was straight. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. and it was just it's so. And and granted, I wasn't in the, I wasn't, you know, uh, learning my craft at the Improv in D.C. Okay, right. Right. you know right. what I mean. I'm in yeah. the South, but you could not be a nerd on stage without hearing about it for the rest of the night. Yeah. I mean, everybody. Now I see young kids go up and be themselves on yeah. a regular basis, right. and they are funny. And interesting and and vulnerable and it's just gotten so much better. You can't make a living at it, but it's so <laughs> you know right. There was so I, much better. I remember I saw a guy got on the stage once, and he's like, "Yeah, my wife, uh, we, my wife and I took a cruise, and she got me uh, some of that Mexican Viagra." And I remember thinking, "I don't care what the fuck your punchline is. I already hate it." Yeah, I don't even know where. You, yeah. There's no right. way that yeah. with that premise that, that you're, you're going to give go. me a punchline yeah. that I'm going to go. Wow, ah, that yeah. took me to a place I didn't think I was going. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, my friends. Uh, thank you so much for for being on the this, this talking extended about, episode. Talking about these teachers, you know, Carlin, Pryor, yeah. and Lenny. I it, it, I would want to do it with you two. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no. I appreciate it. 
And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, please come back and listen to another episode. Thank you so much.